This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, for some reason, he's a fish inside a bowl on top of a giant uh, ape mech. Well, welcome, Jacob. D-Lit, what is going on? Yeah, this is a little weird now. Come on, D-Lit. I'm not a fish. I'm not a, a dogfish this time. Come on. <laughs> Wait, 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 you can understand her? Yeah, apparently. In this mode, yeah. Oh, apparently, wait. your mech has an auto-translation Apparently, this, this is weird. Now I got the from cream for bananas. Just don't go stealing Pauline. <laughs> hey, if I, if, hey, if I can transform to a transformer, it'd be right. She says it'll wear off in three, two, one. Man, that was cool for like a second. <laughs> and I'm now curious where the mech suit went. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Okay. Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host. A man who decided to need a vacation, faked his death, and left his city to ruin. Welcome, Drew! Did I leave it to ruin, or did I know who the true hero really could be? Sure, you just wanted retirement. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, that's a bad Elvis impression. <laughs> My uncle, I am not. <laughs> oh, are you ready to jump into this thing? Yes, let's go. All right. Certified fresh and spoiler-free. So I can't tell you how many viewings this is for me. Oh, gosh. Because if we do not count keywords here, if we do not do not words, if we do not count all the times that played on repeat when I worked at oh, Wally. OK, that makes sense. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Uh, I think you can say three or four. Oh, okay. But I watched this a ton when it was playing on the on the uh, display TVs on repeat at Walmart. And what was Fair. funny is it was this film where uh, I first discovered because of that, hmm. the, uh, the English descriptive service on DVDs. Huh? Really? And I remember listening to this one and, and it was always funnier on this one because of how they described, uh, kept describing Metro man before they actually said Metro man's name. Oh, okay. The only name we had to go off of was uh, what Megamind called him, which was a, uh, Goody two shoes. Yeah, goody two shoes. Yeah. And I am disappointed that the Blu ray uh, re recorded and made it a whole different English descriptive track. Oh. Just that was, that's God. And, he does, and the new guy doesn't call him uh, goody two shoes over and over again. Because <laughs> that was funny to me. But anyway, um, yeah, this is one of those that I. Uh, I'd watched it. I, I, I didn't get to see this one in theaters, which. I don't know if I regret or not. Mm. Uh, I did catch it like on a Netflix uh, disc email um, mailing, you know, back when Netflix still. Yeah, they recently discontinued that. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah. Because actually that's how I went through a lot of movies because that was cheaper than using like anything else. Fair. Uh, Fair. 
back when it's like, well, do I want to do the, the streaming thing? I don't even mm-hmm. know if my internet's good enough to do streaming. Oh, but I got the free disc with my 360. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do that. Of course, that's how I watched Tangled the first time with streaming on Netflix. But anyway, uh, and then it's we put it in. Someone put it in at Walmart to play on the display TVs, and we, we watched it ad nauseum off and on. Mm. You know how that goes. Yes. Um, and that one, I think, played for about two months before uh, someone decided I need to watch. We need something else on the TV. Uh so yeah, I kind of have a good memory of this film. Fair. What's interesting is I forgot bits and pieces of it in the 10 years to mm. 11, 12 years since watching it ad nauseum at Wally. Hmm. So uh, I actually, I, there was a part point about halfway through the film. It's like, I don't remember how it goes from here. I, cause I remembered up to, you know, the, the the fight at the uh, the astronomy uh, telescope. Okay, I remembered up to that. Okay, I remembered what happened immediately after that, and then I remembered like bits and pieces, like very small bits and pieces, because in yeah. my mind, it wasn't. It was not long after this that you know he actually is fighting the quote unquote hero mm-hmm. quote unquote yes at the end of the film and i remember that being like i thought that and i thought that was quick i could didn't remember um so there was actually re-watching this especially you know when i'm not being uh having to stop and say hi how are you doing today did you find everything you're looking for yeah uh that sort of thing so uh it was interesting it was an interesting viewing uh and I'm not going to say this is my favorite DreamWorks film, but it is up there. Hmm. I will say that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I think you had never watched this film. No, I never have. I've never seen this film. Uh, I have heard of Megamind, uh, but I just, I don't know. Just, I heard about it and it was like, okay, it's a guy with a blue head. I had no idea what the film was about whatsoever. Heck, I forgot Will Ferrell was the voice of Yeah, Megamind. me either. I was pleasantly surprised it was Will Ferrell. And normally I don't like Will Ferrell as an actor. But, uh, yeah, because usually you know, I, I always say that there are only two films that Will Ferrell was in that I actually liked. One was Stranger Than Fiction. Mm-hmm. The other is Elf. And I always forgot that he's the voice of Megamind. Yeah. So this is my first viewing in this film. Uh, obviously, viewing for the for this review for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And to be frank, I was blown away. I was blown away by this film because I was like, where has this been? Yeah, because they're going to be like it got it has been one of those films that got buried and to the point where I think uh, Katzen, the uh, president of or at the time, the president of DreamWorks, Katzenberg. Thanks, Katzenberg. Uh, There's a name that hasn't come up in both no. both disdain and sometimes happiness. Yeah. Adoration in some capacity. Um, but apparently he made the, made a statement like shortly after the release of this film that, uh, they would not pursue sequels films like Megamind because it was yeah. a little too. And a genre. That in they fact, go with. to date, this is the only DreamWorks movie that didn't get turned into a franchise. Yeah. After Shrek. I have to specify yes. that because Ants was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ants was a movie in which Katzenberg allegedly didn't steal from Disney. Yeah. 
allegedly it wasn't based on the concept of uh, of Bugs uh, Bugs Life, Life, which you watch the there's a there's a film there again. I have not seen neither neither film, but I what I understand have seen documentaries. Yeah, it looks like Katzenberg stole the idea from Disney and brought it over. I have seen both, and I will say this: Mm. they're both decent. Okay. It doesn't tell you much. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I I am I, I think to some degree I preferred ants a little bit more. Okay. At the same time, I have not seen it since I originally saw it in theaters, and I've seen Bugs Life at least three times since then. Okay. So so uh I I, I my memory's a little, you know, biased. Fair. I enjoyed the film tremendously. I was so surprised by the house of burst they, they would changed everything up they the uh, the genre of the superhero they uh subversed everything yeah it's just like whoa i was i was pleasantly surprised shocked in so many other ways and didn't see things coming mm-hmm. be like not like my friend who probably see it you know you know 10 miles away it's like oh this is coming me i was like oh, okay be like when they started talking about certain things in the film we'll get there in our uh, our spoiler section yeah but this was just like, oh my gosh, they did this. And it's like, oh wow, this is cool. And how how like subversion. So like they they flipped the script so well in this film. And uh there again, it's it's a hidden gem in the animation world. I guarantee there's mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners who enjoy the film or uh maybe some who never heard of it. But for for this podcaster, through this reviewer, I love this film. This was fun. And it's just nice to have a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. If we're being honest. Yeah. Especially after last week. Anyway. Yeah. I We had yeah. fun reviewing it. Yeah. Oh, last I week's. I agree. I mean, I, watching it may have been another matter. <laughs> be like, like, like I said in the review, like I said in our Fire and Ice review with Francisco from Retro, uh, uh, Rewind. Retro, Retro Rewind. Thanks, Roy. Uh, at, least, at least she didn't do like me on the first episode I was on of Retro. Where uh, you know you, you you do the the oath there, where so you know that we can't sue them or take or try to take our audio away uh-huh. from them, you know that thing, the legal yeah. stuff. And I had three times I said wet twill we wind. Oh yes, in right. unintentionally. Oh of course, of course, unintentionally. It's like I just my tongue got tied and I turned into Elmer Fudd. <laughs> that's all, folks. Uh, that's Porky Pig, but either or. Close. Yes. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I was so pleasantly surprised by everything that was going on. And uh, the the idea that the, you know, it's, you know, it's been, what, 10 years? This film? Yeah. Two thousand. Try, try, try at least 12. Yeah, 12 years. A little over 12 years. A little over 12 years. The, the fact would be like the villain's actually the good guy, which is surprising. We'll, we'll get to that we'll, when we'll we get, get there, there. When we get there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, such a good film. I love it. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere, I don't think. Uh, I, I, could, I couldn't find anywhere where it's streaming. I think I Unle- saw. Unless you, like, you rented on like, like Amazon or YouTube. Yeah, I think I, th- I saw it was up for rental. Yeah, it's for rental. I am doing a quick check just to make yeah. sure. Yeah, it's for But uh, yeah, it's if it is streaming anywhere. It's not, yeah, it is for rental on Apple TV, mm-hmm. Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, all, you know, all the normal places. So it is not just mm-hmm. where you can stream it for free. Mm-hmm. 
and which I'm actually kind of surprised it's not on Peacock. Yeah, which would make sense. Because that's because DreamWorks is owned by NBC, which is owned by Comcast. So yeah, there's all that. Anywho, are you ready to go ahead and jump into the spoiler filled yeah, section let's of this? The spoiler free section. All right. The following is a spoiler filled review for the movie Megamind. Whoa. Listener discretion is advised. And not just because he mispronounces every third word. Yes. Actually, there's only like 11. Or there's only like, no, sorry, it's 20 mispronunciations, and half of them are metrocity instead of metro city yes, like all the time yeah That's anyway megamind was directed by tom mcgrath and prior to this he had directed the madagascar films really yeah he was also written by alan schoolcraft and brent simons hmm. or should i say schulcraft schulcraft because that Megamind always pronounced school. school. Oh, sure. That's I'm making right. A, That's right. I'm making a joke. Yes. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Moving right along. Getting into the cast, we got Will Ferrell playing Megamind, and he was Buddy in the film Elf. Mm-hmm. We have Brad Pitt playing uh, Metro Man, and uh, he was Tyler Durden in Fight Club, which is the only time you'll ever hear me talk about Fight Club because I learned the rules. <laughs> I still haven't watched Fight Club. I still haven't, I, I still haven't I, I either. Do, I do want to watch it, though. I do want to watch that one. I think I own it. I know the twist, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. because the internet will not shut up about that this film. true, and it's been like 20-something years right. since it came so, out. Right, so I'm curious how, when you know it, how impactful that is, but right. either way. Tina Fey was the voice of Roxanne Ritchie, and in the TV show 30 Rock, she played Liz Lemon. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill was the voice of Titan, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Hal Jordan. His name was Hal Jordan. Yeah, that's right. It was Hal Jordan. Uh, no, Hal Stewart. Hal Stewart. Hal Stewart. It's Hal Stewart. Hal Stewart. It was Hal Stewart, not yeah, Hal it's Because it's, they, they it's it. Hal from the first one and Stewart from the last one. Yeah. It's Hal Jordan and Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. Sorry. David Cross was the voice of Minion, and he was Crane in Kung Fu Panda. Hmm. And then J.K. Simmons voiced the Warden. And of course, he is essentially J. Jonah Jameson in every Spider-Man thing. Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. Yes. And I know what you're saying. But Drew, he didn't play J. Jonah Jameson in a, the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films. And I would just go off and say, was did we ever see J. Jonah Jameson in those films? No. So how do you know it would, he yeah, wouldn't exactly. have been J.K. Simmons? Anyway, Kingdom Hearts Connections. Mm-hmm. Yes. How many? Uh, I would fancy a guess. This is a movie that came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. And this was in the, the middle of, I guess, the middle of where Kingdom Hearts was being produced. Uh, this was 2010, so like, two. I been? think, uh, yeah, one. Uh, we would have been this is around that. This would be uh, right before Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance came out. Oh, okay, so maybe... so like six of the games, of which three had voice acting. Oh, okay, no. Five had voice acting. Five had voice acting. So probably I'm gonna like a uh. Or, a logical guess, maybe four. 
You are very close. My high actually five. Okay. So actually, Neko in the uh, chat was the closer winner. Too bad there's no prize. So I'll start with the uh, easy ones. George Doring, Steve Mayer, Paul Keg, and Steve Schaefer, a.k.a. the music department that shows up in nearly everything (laughs) when I can't find a Kingdom Hearts connection. Mm. (laughs) Was in did Kingdom Hearts 3 mm. and Mega Mind, so there is that. But one interesting one we had was Jerry Smith, huh. who was a lighting artist in both uh, this movie and in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Yeah. And that's what I got for uh, cast list. What do we got in info and stuff? So, info and stuff. So, info and stuff. Uh, it, it has an IMDb of 7.3 out of 10. Uh, you can watch it most places where you can rent to stream uh, movies right now. Uh, you, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple TV, mm-hmm. Amazon, what have you, three ninety nine or above. It's like, or you can go to your local game exchange and probably buy it. Probably, probably. It's probably still purchasable at any wherever fine Blu-rays are sold. Exactly. All right, production was DreamWorks Animation and PDI DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. Distributed by Paramount Pictures. Uh, originally. Dream, originally was distributed by uh, Paramount and DreamWorks Animation. Release date. Uh, let's go through that stick again. Where do you think it was originally aired? Or they originally viewed it and... Cheat. I don't know. How about Canada. Uh, close. It's cold, but no, it's actually Russia. <laughs> well, they crush sparrow eggs between men's thighs. Exactly. I feel like always want a sparrow egg for breakfast. I su- I suspect it is not that not probably that good. Not. Probably not. It's and not you, like a chicken's egg. No, and I apologize if we have Russian listeners out there. We're we're not making fun of you. We're not. Who says I was making fun of Russians? This is just the closest accent I have. Very true. All right, so in October October 28th, 2010, it was uh, premiered in Russia. And then a month, uh, almost a couple of days later, like a week later, on November 10th of the same year, it was released in the United States, here in the States. Box office, it had an estimated budget of $130 million mm-hmm. established. Uh, it's opening weekend, jeez. Forty-six million dollars. Ooh, on November seventh. Ooh, it's U.S. Growth. I'm surprised we even got the the uh, uh, the short that's on the Blu-ray with that. Yeah. Those numbers. Yeah, it's it's uh, U.S. Gross was one hundred one hundred forty-eight point four million dollars. That's domestically. Uh, internationally, it grossed. To three hundred and twenty-one point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, be like, I don't know how much they spend on promotion and ads and toys and everything because this was the big boom in the two thousand tens where everything was getting toys. Yeah, and it still is nowadays. But be like, for how much money they probably made him? Be like, they didn't make much. Did it? DreamWorks lost money. Maybe they made a little bit of money with this film. So, uh, Megamind premiered on October. I'm going to go back to a little bit to explain a few things because Drew said something earlier during the during the broadcast that Megamind premiered on October 
28, 2010 in Russia, and theatrically in America in November mm-hmm. 5th, that same year. It was supposed to release in China or in Japan, Japan. Japan on March 12, March 12, 2012, but because of an earthquake and tsunami the, a day before uh, the big earthquake and the tsunami, one. the <laughs> one that took out the Fukushima power plants. Yeah. It, that one. It, it got a. Uh, a little flooded delayed a little a, bit a couple of years yeah more on that in a minute yeah, it's, it's release was uh according to that according to his release was canceled but eventually they it, got it, it did get it we'll get we'll, we will get we'll, to get, we'll get there when we get there so uh home release uh it was released on blu-ray a blu-ray and dvd on february 25th 2011 uh uh, with an all-new short Megamind, Button of Doom. If you haven't seen that, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Now, mind you, don't it's watch It's got it. a horrible name, but... I agree. But uh, if you haven't seen the film, don't watch it. Don't watch it first. Because it completely it, spoils everything it is meant. Film. It is meant to take place after the fact. <laughs> I made that mistake. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, it's just a funny skit. Oh, this will be funny. Nope, it just completely ruins the entire inning. I knew I should have added that. Yes, I I in my mind. Because I I text, because that's the thing. I texted him Monday to find out after I finished watching it if he needed to borrow it. See? And uh, he says, Yeah, sure, I'll take it. It's like, I said, uh, Okay, I can bring it over now if you want, or, you know, trying to figure out when I was going to get it to you. Yeah. He says, Oh, yeah, I'm not home. Uh, Just so put it underneath the, uh, under the Norbat. It's like, Oh, okay. Mm hmm. And I can remember thinking, it's like, oh yeah, I gotta remember when I t- when I went over there. So like, yeah, there is a special, and it needs to be done afterwards. But because I was blindsided by, oh, I'm not home. I'm at my brother's, mm-hmm. doing something, uh, laundry actually. Oh well, that's I understand that would be cheaper. <laughs> and plus, I got to visit with family, so that's always a right, good right, right. So yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but my apologies for not giving you the warning to watch the Button of Doom after the fact. It's all good. It's because I mean, literally, like the third line of text. Yeah. Is a spoiler. Yes, I agree. I was like, it's wait, like, what? It's like DreamWorks presents that one's fine. The Button of Doom. That's okay. Day one of superhero patrolling. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. What well, if you if you haven't seen this movie yet? Uh, watch the short afterwards. Yeah. Don't pull this guy. I didn't realize that. But you live and learn, right? All I'm saying is, DVD Blu-ray people who make these things. If you put a short on your disc and it is in some way connected to your film uh-huh tell a person when it sh- if it needs to be seen afterwards because we are we have no idea because yeah. as much as i like to make the assumption oh yeah just watch it afterwards yeah you have instances like uh spider-verse mm-hmm. where really we both agree peter porker needs to be seen first I agree. He does. It is. He needs to play beforehand. That was obviously how it was designed. Yeah. And this one is like, no, you're supposed to watch this afterwards, which is just weird. Well, no, because Pixar does this with a lot of their stuff that's not the original animations. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But, this but is- if you have no way of knowing that's what this is emulating. Yeah, that's true. All right. So going back to the short, uh, 
the Button of Doom also uh, premiered on television on Netflix. Uh, not, not Netflix, but uh, Nickelodeon, uh, which was aired on February 26, 2011. Uh, it was the 17th best-selling DVD of 2011 with over 3 million units sold. The film uh, made a total of... $70.4 million in DVD and Blu-ray sales alone. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive for a film that didn't do exactly well in theaters. Yeah. That's really impressive. As of November 20, uh, November 2012, 5.6 million home entertainment humans have been sold worldwide. The film was released on Blu-ray 3D. That was a thing back in 2011. Right. That was at the height of it. Yes, it was. In uh, March of 2011, exclusively as a part of the Samsung 3D starter kit. I think I've heard of this. I think. Basically, it was for for Samsung TVs. It was a, a series of movies they released. That's right. As to launch the whole 3D thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked. Kind of. But not really. No. Like Avatar was the film that started, and hey, Avatar, yeah, you gotta remember the thing about Avatar is Mm -hmm. not only did it jumpstart the 3D movie movement Mm -hmm. that was never executed correctly, except for like five movies, one of those being Avatar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Uh, the other thing it did was it forced all the movie theaters to go digital, yes, agreed, which. Better for better or for worse. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that was the next step in the process, and we are still using all those projectors. Mm-hmm. It's just, and they're starting, and they're at the end of their usable life. Yeah, and the end of the life. None cycle. of these theaters will think they're stupid stuff. <laughs> Apparently, Drew has opinions. When do I do not? <laughs> all right. So on September 11th, 2011, uh, it was exclusive, uh, exclusively at. Best Buy stores in 2014, the film distribution rights and purchased by DreamWorks Animation from Paramount Pictures was transferred to 20th Century Fox. The rights are now owned by Universal Pictures. Yeah, because this is the thing with DreamWorks films. That's right. DreamWorks does not own their distribution. They never have. No, they never have. Their entire idea is we will make the movie and we'll partner with somebody else to make it. Mm-hmm. So if you go back in their history, both in the animated stuff and in the live action stuff, you'll see some films are co-made with Paramount. Some were co-made with Fox. Mm-hmm. All of the animation stuff is owned wholly by DreamWorks, even though a lot of the companies did... Uh, produce like part of the film, which is why their logos still appear at the end of the film. Right. Yeah, they don't show up before anymore. Right. So that's why you get stuff like How to Train Your Dragon has like the first one is at Paramount, mm-hmm. the second one is at Fox, the no. third one is at Universal. Uh, this one happened to be a Paramount, but and you, and you can kind of tell. Uh, if if you if you remember the commercials, you can tell when they went to Paramount because for some reason Paramount changed every single name of the thing for their advertising campaign. Hmm. They called How to Train Your Dragon, Dragon, Dragons. That's right, they did. They the Shrek Forever, Shrek Forever After. Mm-hmm. I think was the actual name of it. Yeah, they called it Shrek for the Final Chapter. Chapter. Yeah, and you're sitting there going, Why are you changing the name? 
this is obviously not the name of the film. What are you calling it this? And it's because their marketing department, Paramount's marketing department, for some reason, kept changing the names of the films. Weird. To whatever their internal name was at Paramount. Yeah. And this was around the time Paramount actually started getting into some financial troubles. Mm. Well, they lost the MC- they would lose the MCU two years from this point to Disney. Mm. And they kind of already had because Disney owned it, but they just had the rights to do the initial releases mm-hmm. still because of the original production things. Agreed. Uh, Paramount was putting out the Star Trek movies, but there was only only the first one to come out by this point. Mm-hmm. And that required going through another production company, which was a str- first for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not long after this you get to the Bayformer stuff where you start seeing Chinese logos in front of stuff. Yeah. Which is weird and that's a problem that faced paramount for a long time mm-hmm. it the only real help they a steady stuff they had was nickelodeon movies good because thing. of the fact that mtv networks owned both at the time or viacom owned both at the time yeah but anyway all right so uh obviously this movie never had a sequel because shame. shame because there again they were talking like oh we're no longer going to do genres like that even though it's a groundbreaking really good idea storytelling but we're not going to do that anymore i believe monsters versus aliens came out before this it did and you know our opinion on that was not glowing yeah, yeah go and i and think it and i don't think it, it did as well either so they may have already been soured on the idea yeah, of agreed. if we didn't already have a successful franchise of turning it into franchises because it took a little bit for dragon how to train your dragon to get a sequel after this yeah agreed so all right so there has been a television series in work in the works for a number um they announced on february 11 2022 it was announced that peacock had (laughs) ordered a cg animated series from dreamworks animation television you okay (laughs) excuse me coke went down the wrong tube oh yeah that's never fun uh, DreamWorks Animation Television, serving as a follow-up to the film originally titled Megamind, Guide to Defending Your City. As of May 6, 2022, mm-hmm. the cast and form has not been revealed. The series will chronicle a the new hero's quest to become a social media influencer and a true superhero. I can kind of see this. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think you're getting Will Ferrell back for this. Oh, oh you never know. You, you never know, because there, there have been a lot of this stuff like uh, that's been tying stuff where, oh, they get the whole cast back or yeah. all but like a couple of people who were busy and couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tangle the Series got everybody back. Exactly. For a cartoon. Eight, granted, it's Disney, but still. And plus Disney plus Disney. Disney Channel didn't treat that show very well. Right. At all. But we still got them all the way up to 2019. Agreed. Uh, and there's been a couple others where it's like, oh, yeah, it's the, it's the actual original cast. And then mm-hmm. you get to this, and it's like, somehow I just don't think Will Ferrell is going to come back. I, neither probably, probably neither Tina Fey will either. And I doubt Jonah Hill, well, not, I doubt his character would come back anyway. Yeah. But uh, I suspect they'd have to recast pretty much nearly everybody. Yeah. Maybe David Cross would hang around because I don't know him from anything else. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. Uh, So as of um, August 5th, 2022, uh, 
uh, one of the showrunners uh, confirmed that the show's writer writing has been completed and production is moving forward. The series will be released in some point in 2024. We'll see. I have to wait and see how that works yeah. out. So maybe next year we might actually get a series. Maybe. Or it might just go into limbo and they might just continue to. I mean, we're at, I think we're at like the limit to where you may have a hard time getting an audience for this for, cause yeah. this is obviously going to be aimed at kids. Yeah. And like the main kid audience would not have been born when this movie came out. That is true. So, but also, also just more like a, not, not, not actively aiming for teenagers, which yeah. I doubt DreamWorks is going to do. So here, here, here's my thought on this is there again, Megamind was not a big hit. It wasn't. So be like, there again, it has a huge cult balling behind it. So, not to say these comparing these two movies at all. You have Megamind came out in 2010. Then you have the big smash cult, smash enormous hit way over here in 1985 called Top Gun. Its sequel did not come out until 2021, 22, 22, 22, and it made. I'm- Blockbuster numbers. I'm not saying it's not possible, but yeah. we are also talking to different audiences. Oh, I agree. I agree. But it's just it's it's the the gulf in which these these yeah. two these two have been re- released from each other. Right. So you never know. Be like you this, never know. I mean, this I, could be a just a banger yeah. of a, uh, a a series that comes out. And it's like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? And everyone goes back and rediscovers Megamind. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, so that is all I have for info and stuff. Well, let's get into the summary. Supervillain Megamind and his arch nemesis, the superhero Metro Man, are both aliens who, who were sent to Earth as infants before their plants were sucked into a black hole. They both land in Metro City at the same time. Metro Man is raised in a mansion, while Megamind is raised in prison. They go to the same school... Uh, Sorry, still makes no sense. He goes to the same school as Metro Man, who is well liked by his classmates. Megamind is bullied by everyone until he concludes his purpose is to be a supervillain, setting off a rivalry between him and Metro Man. As an adult, Mega Man, aided by his fish like companion minion, frequently and unsuccessfully battles Metro Man for control of the city. At the grand opening of the new Metro Man Museum, Megamind escapes prison, kidnaps reporter Roxanne Ritchie, and lures Metro Man to an abandoned observatory to rescue her. Once there, Metro Man collapses, claiming the copper-lined observatory roof weakens his powers. Megamind then blasts Metro Man with a sun-powered death ray, apparently killing him. Overjoyed that he has finally won, Megamind takes over the city and goes on a crime spree. However, he eventually becomes depressed and purposeless with no hero to fight. Mega Man decides to blow up the Metro Man Museum to forget the hero, but sees Roxanne there and dehydrates the museum's curator, Bernard, into a small cube. Disguised as Bernard, using hologram technology, Mega Man talks to Roxanne, whose remarks inspire him to use Metro Man's DNA to create a new superhero to fight Mega Mind. Um, he, he perfects the formula, but accidentally injects it into Hal Stewart, Roxanne's dim-witted cameraman, who is infatuated with her. Disguising himself via hologram as Hal's space dad, Megamind offers to train Hal to become a superhero. Hal, seeing this as a chance to get with Roxanne, accepts and takes on the name Titan, although he misspells it throughout the entire film as T-I-G-H-T-E-N. Titan. As in Titaning. Titaning. Yes. Instead of Titan, T-I-T-A-N. Titan. Megamind begins to date Roxanne, and the guys are. I just. 
No, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Megamind begins to date Roxanne in the guise of Bernard, and he and Minion have a falling out over Megamind's apparent lack of interest in committing further crimes. Roxanne rejects Titan when he comes to court her, and Titan later witnesses her on a date with Bernard after a heartbroken Titan leaves. Megamind's Bernard disguise fails, and Roxanne rejects him as well. Mega Man, Mega Mind arranges to fight Titan the next day, but Titan does not show up. Mega Mind learns that Titan is now using his powers on a crime spree. Titan offers to ally with Mega Mind, but the latter deliberately reveal, reveals his disguises and deceptions, hoping to goad Titan into fighting. Angered Titan savagely beats Mega Mind in the, uh, in the fight. Realizing that Titan has no interest in justice and means to kill him, Mega Mind traps Titan in a ball of copper. However, Titan easily breaks out. Mega Mind and Rocks, yeah, Mega Man and Roxanne escape to Metro Man's old hideout and discover that Metro Man is still alive, having faked his weakness and death to pursue his dream as a musician. Mega Mind and Roxanne attempt to enlist his help against Titan, but he refuses to help. Metro Man tries to encourage Mega Mind to become the new hero by telling him that a hero will always rise to defeat evil. Dejected, Mega Mind willingly returns to prison. Titan goes on a rampage and kidnaps Roxanne when she tries to reason with him. On a televised message, Titan holds Roxanne hostage and demands that Megamind fight him. With Minion's help, Megamind escapes prison where he goes to comfort Titan using holographic disguises to make himself appear as Metro Man and Minion as Megamind to frighten Titan and rescue Roxanne. However, Megamind's speech patterns give him away and Titan attacks Megamind, throwing him into the stratosphere. Dehydrating himself into a cube and landing safely in a fountain, Megamind rehydrates next to Titan and extracts the DNA from him, removing his powers. After Howl's arrested, Megamind and Roxanne rekindle their relationship while the city celebrates Megamind as their new hero. The museum is rebuilt in Megamind's honor, and disguised Metro Man cheers for him at the grand opening ceremony. In a mid-credits scene, Minion discovers the real Bernard has been rehydrated in the washing machine. Bernard complains it has been the worst day of his life before Minion knocks him out with the forget-me stick. I love that. Getting into the trivia for this. An early version of the script had a reporter asking Hal how to spell Titan, but since Megamind, as Space Dad, never taught him the correct spelling, Titan misspells it as Titan, T-I-G-H-T-E-N. Instead of voicing his character from a sound booth, Brad Pitt, who is a very active actor, insisted on using a handheld microphone for his performance and roaming around the studio. The film's plot was based on the premise... What if Lex Luthor defeated Superman? Mm. A whole crew of animators was dedicated solely to the movement of capes. This was originally pitched as a live-action film. Mm -hmm. The film was finally released on June 23rd, 2018 in Japan. After nearly seven years, it was supposed to be released in March 2011, but was canceled due to the devastating earthquake that happened at the same time. Tropic Thunder 2008's co-stars Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. were both originally approached for the role of Megamind, but turned it down due to scheduling conflicts. Instead, Stiller only appears in a minor role as the museum's curator, Bernard. Mm. It's clear through watching the movie that Megamind's crimes usually involve property damage and robbery more than violence. Megamind seems to choose unoccupied areas to cause his mayhem like the abandoned observatory, mm -hmm. which shows he's quite uncomfortable with the idea of actually killing people. Mm. When Megamind transforms into different forms, his voice changes to match the character. Yet when Megamind transforms into Bernard, his voice remains that of his own. 
This is explained by the watch recording the warden's voice during Megamind's escape from prison. He didn't quite get the chance to record Bernard's voice in the rush to replace him in the museum and had to use his own voice. And he did it simply because he was underdressed. Yeah. Megamind's dehydration gun also bears the commands decompress, debilitate, demoralize, decoupage, deregulate, destroy, and death ray. Which I nearly wanted to call Diath Ray. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro was hired as a creative consultant three weeks before the film completed production. Say he what? majorly assisted in editing the film to make it more exciting. Well, good for him. In fact, he is the reason why the film starts in media res. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. There are numerous references to Superman in the film. No. The way Megamind's parents put him in a capsule to Earth just before the planet is destroyed. Mm -hmm. His love interest is a reporter. Hal's space dad is modeled after Marlon Brando as Superman 1978's father in Richard Donner's film version. Yes. Almost all of Metro Man's superpowers are the same as Superman's. Megamind's pronunciation of Metro City has the same stress pattern as Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Metrocity. Metrocity. Megamind takes on a bespectacled secret identity similar to Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. In the Metro Man Museum, there are statues of Metro Man preparing to catch an airplane. This is a reference to John Byrne's Superman comics, where Superman made his first appearance by catching a plane and saving Lois Lane. Or Superman Returns. That too. Uh, yes, he caught a plane. Yes, I was trying to think of a timetable, but that would definitely be before this. Mm-hmm. Um Megamind when emulate sorry, Megamind when enumerating possibilities mm-hmm. where Metro Man could seek refuge mentions a fortress of solitude, yes. the traditional name of Superman's Arctic homestead. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got for trivia. Oh, okay. What is your first like for this movie? My first like um is the whole nature versus na- uh nature mm-hmm. versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Uh, are are you are you naturally are you naturally good or you're naturally bad, or is is it your environment who creates who you are, and that is a huge uh, debate among uh, philosophers mm-hmm. and uh, those of that like. Uh, definitely, if you for a guy who loves true crime, be like that's a huge thing in that field. So you had this idea of mega mind. Megamind, it'd be like obviously he's be like he he he's raised in a prison, where you have, um, uh, his arch rival, Metro Man. Metro Man, thank you. I I keep thinking of the the movie Metro Man, which was a movie back in the early nineties. Um, Metro Man was raised in a lavish home, privileged the whole bit, where Megamind was. Uh, in a uh, criminal system where he was taught villainy, but the fact would be like, like Drew said before, the fact about Mega Mind is be like he does have a good heart, be like he doesn't want to really hurt people, be like that's just the the system which we he grew up in. So he has this natural tendency of being a good person. Yeah. So he doesn't really want to hurt people, but he just wants to be villainy because that's what he grew up doing. And so you take the same thing with Metro Man. Metro Man was a man who has tremendous power and tremendous re- responsibility, in air quotes, is 
fact, everything is thrust upon him that you have to be the hero. You have to save the day. He's he's never given this agenda of his own, of his own. So you have this man who is uh, kind of pompous. He he does everything because he's supposed to do it, not because like the the archetype of Superman who wants to do this was in and instowed upon him to do this for humanity. And it was desire to do that. But like he wants to help humanity where Metro man, it's more, uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is not what I want to do. And I, I, I love that, that contrast between be like your, your desire to do something and what is thrust upon you. Be like, you can, you can use the theological argument of uh, free will versus election Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in that way, because you can have where be like, you are predestined to do this, or you have the free will to choose what you want to do. Like you have the free will to choose Christ, reject him, or you go to Calvinism or more Calvinism viewpoint of, or it does say in the Bible. So just give her, you are predestined to know Christ and just depends on how you use the definition of predestination. So, in a lot of ways, be like it's really interesting how they flip the script on so much of this, where it's not the the hero who who chooses his destiny and embraces the destiny, rather where Metro Man is a man who this is put upon him and it's a burden upon his shoulders. He doesn't like doing this. This is not who he thinks he is, and he he makes the the very. I would say very selfish statement, but in the same time, he's making his own agency as a person because he's never had that because all of the responsibilities have been laid upon his shoulders to be a hero. So in that instant, he decides I'm going to retire. I'm going to fake my own death. And then just vominos gets out of, you know, uh, takes a, takes a, takes a, uh, 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 a retreat from the world mm-hmm. and wants to become something he's always wanted to be. You know, say you have a parent who is threat. Be like you were. Be like your father is a banker. You don't want to be a banker, and your your dad is like you have to be a banker. That your father, your mother, father, uh, grandparent, whatever, as be like you have to be. This is the only thing you're going to do because that's what you are destined to do when you want to be a like a a cello player or something like that. So the, this this dynamic of nature versus nurture is played so heavily in this movie, and I enjoyed the 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 journey in which we find where uh megamind is the guy all he knows is villainy but he has this solid heart mm-hmm. this solid heart of doing the right thing and he struggles with this through the entire film because of this 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 nature versus nurture thing be like he all he knows is villainy but it's not really who he is Right, and then you have Metro Man. It's the same thing, and then you have your vil- then you have your uh, your true villain in the movie, which is be like, oh, I have all these powers, and be like, I'm I'm this insecure nerd who has all these pent up frustrations about life, and uh, he gets powers, and then I'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, nature versus nurture. I thought that was a very mm-hmm. eye catching point in this story. What's your first like? I like the fact that our our film's Jimmy Olsen is the villain. Yes, yes, I love because that because Hal Hal Stewart is supposed to essentially be Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, he's Jimmy he's, Olsen. And, and I, I remember when I first watched this film, I hear I see this key and it's like, okay, he's not going to be a big character. He's going to be he's going to have the unrequited love because mm-hmm. it's gone 
Uh, it's unrequited because he's going to be the 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 cannon fodder, the red shirt, the Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Of of this thing. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> and I remember when I was watching this, the fact that he actually is a major character took threw me for a loop because when I watched the film originally, you you, you watch this originally yeah. and he is a side character yeah. until mm-hmm. he gets hit with the uh, super uh, with, with the DNA capsule mm-hmm. and you're going, Oh, and this then he becomes a major character in the rest of the story mm-hmm. because he's the one that uh, Megamind's going to end up having to take out. Granted, he's never like in like he's in a couple of scenes here and there, mm-hmm. and of course he's in the big fights at the end. So I mean, it's not like he's he's still a, a secondary antagonist. He's the main antagonist. Yes. Don't get me wrong, but he's technically the secondary antagonist. Right? Yeah. I would call him that because the primary antagonist would be Megamind's insecurities. Yes, agreed. So the fact that the character who throughout all Superman, the character archetype throughout all Superman that we always make fun of and go, Oh, yeah, looks Jimmy Olsen mm-hmm. hanging out with his pal, Superman. Yeah. Uh, what kind of troubles he going to get into? So he has to hit the secret button on his Superman watch that will call Superman to his aid. Yeah. Cause if it's not him, it'll, it'll be Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he's actually a, a major character in the story B he's the villain mm-hmm. and C apparently doesn't know how to spell. <laughs> Uh, I th- I thought that that whole setup was funny, and of course it makes sense. The kid who was who no one ever talked to, who no one paid attention to, mm-hmm. no one really liked, but they kind of put up with. Yeah, because that's the thing is Jimmy Olsen at the very least was a likable character in most yeah, instances. Of course, Hal isn't. No, Hal is not. You don't character. like him from the beginning. You feel bad for him maybe for a little bit because you know he's a thirty-something guy with no prospects at all and he's not even someone people want to even talk to regularly yeah you know who he reminds me of if you say uh, me no not you <laughs> I, I am not gonna throw my brother i'm going to admit i was sitting here saying oh yeah he's a 30 something with no <laughs> prospects and i go okay <laughs> but no it, it reminds me of uh Crow. That just went into my head. Sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, it reminds me so much of. You know, what? I'll I'll remember it in a moment. Okay, but uh, he becomes a him being a, a major character in this was just like a, a touch of brilliance because I'm I remember sitting here watching going I have but after he takes out Metro Man mm-hmm. and then does the crime spree I'm half expecting so Metro Man to come back somehow. Mm-hmm. And even though they, they do the whole thing with the skeleton, which I knew immediately when I saw the skeleton with the cape, it's like, okay, that's fake. I don't know how it's fake, but that's not really Metro Man. Metro Man's still around, hmm. and Megamind's going to screw this up somehow, and he and, and Metro Man's going to have turned quote-unquote evil somehow. Yeah. Which technically is what happened in a way, but yeah, <laughs> just through somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but from that point, I was like, I have no idea where this is going. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, he gets this. Like, now I really don't know where this is going. Uh-huh. Because he, some of it, after, after a little bit, you go into it and he's doing the whole, I'm your space dad and mm-hmm. space stepmom. Oh, gosh. 
Uh, which leads to one of my favorite lessons. Yes. Of course you're not my space dad. Yeah. And you need to tell space stepmom the truth. You lied to her. It's like, uh, oh how? God. How? Yeah, it's not always works. It's not. Yeah, I think, I think you're missing a couple steps there. Yeah. Uh, um, just a little. But yeah, I, I just I just love that our Jimmy Olsen actually is a major character and he's actually the villain. Yeah. Now that he has the ability to be the villain. Yeah. Uh, I will go, I'll be like, I'm, I'm kind of leapfrogging into your first and then my second that you have Hal, who is the, the, uh, the, the, the guy, he's not really likable, but like he's the Jimmy Olsen character. Uh, it'd be like, it, it, this movie does a lot of subversion of yeah. characters and you have this almost like, I'm, I'm almost not afraid to say, but going to say anyway, more of this toxicity of you have the, uh, the, the, the archetypal nerd type. Yeah, who is be like and be like, oh, because if if I get fame or power, or something like the girls will like me instantly because you have this it subverts the this uh, you have a great scene in the movie where uh, it, it takes complete takes one track from Superman the movie where Lois Lane and Superman go flying off together because <laughs> they have chemistry <laughs> and no this movie it isn't. It's it's this idea of like I'm not gonna say be like toxic masculinity. Be no, like it's, 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 it's more it's, like I have I have abilities and powers and don't know how to use them and don't realize that just because I have the powers, it really didn't solve my underlying problem. Yeah, which is that I'm a disgusting jerk. Yeah, you're a disgusting <laughs> jerk. It is. It's it's more of the be like oh I, I'm going because because now I have power I I can do what I want. Be like I have control over things now, but in reality he doesn't. He, he is this very pathetic person who be like, you take it the core of who he is. He's mm-hmm. not a, like, he is a pathetic soul that you find pity on throughout the, like most of the film, because be like, you find him that he is be like, he is just a lovesick puppy for his, uh, his, his crush. And he's be like, he's not getting the, um, the, the, the return is not mutual. Right. And understanding, like being single, be like I was single for the very longest time. Be like Drew is still single. But ladies, if you know anybody who's single, we can. I'm available. He's available. Uh, <laughs> not done. Uh, so I'm funny. It's <laughs> funny. It's funny. Have you watched the show? Have you listened? One to hopes show? that you know I'm funny by now. <laughs> or maybe I'll have to break out my unicorn voice. Please, not now. Please don't do right now. Okay, because, fine, uh, fine. Because our audience will see me go blue and fall on the floor. We had enough of that last week. <laughs> yes, we did. You don't need to look like Megamind. No, I don't. Because <laughs> you got the forehead for it. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, uh, Hal is the, the the atypical nerd who thinks if, be like, he thinks the, the girl is going to fall for him for whatever. He's just, he, he's the disgusting guy. You really don't want to be around They're like, Oh, that's what it was. He reminded me of, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's the, uh, nerdy guy. He's always after Dana in, uh, the original ghostbusters. Uh, not Egon. No. Yeah. No. He's, he's you're not talking about Bill Murray's character. No, 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 no talking no. about, um, uh, and, and not uh, it's, it's it's not the two ones I recognize. I know the actors. It's the one I don't know is the actor I don't know his name. Yeah, we're losing Nitty uh, Hurts here. I know. Sorry, 
but either or be like, he, he plays the, uh, the, the guy he's always asking Dana. It's like, it's like, Oh, we're having a party. Oh, we're going to do. Oh, the, you mean Rick Moranis is character. Moranis character. Thank uh, you. The, the, the key master, the key master. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, this, this I don't remember his name, him. but it's ex- except for work for Manus character. You actually kind of like be like, when I watched Ghostbusters for the first time, be like, I really didn't like his character at all. Be like, dude, you're a little pushy. And this is what, um, how is he's a very pushy character. And so when, when he receives the power and be like, he goes for his training and all the whole bit and be like, Oh, this girl's going to fall for me instantly mm-hmm. and tries to sweep her off her feet. And she's like, no, I don't want to be around you. You're a disgusting person. Be like, you, you have all these. And the, his, his notion that his, his whole, his whole goal, his whole ambition is now I have power. I'm going to get the girl. Lewis Tully. Lewis Tully. Thank you very much. Probably lost about four points nerdy wise, the both of us there. But I um, have a defense. <laughs> I've seen Ghostbusters three times in my entire life. Wow. Okay. It was not one that was on my list, on my list back in the totally day. Totally fair. Totally fair. There's a lot of movies that you've watched a ton and be like, yeah. I was like, I watched that once when I was a kid. And I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. And we've got a movie coming up that I've probably seen 20 times and you've never seen. Exactly. That's for Stokehouse Plus, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, wait for that one. That's going to be interesting, people. So be like, he he's the Lewis Tully character, but except you like actually like Lewis, where uh, Hal is an unlikable character. Be like, you feel sorry for the guy, mm-hmm. but at the same time. But you never like him. You never like him. You're not, but you're not supposed you're, you're to not like supposed him. You're not supposed to like him. And uh, his whole ambition is to get the girl. And he's pushing himself on the girl, in which any decent gentleman of a guy, definitely if you know Christ, like you don't push yourself on people. You don't no. push yourself on a girl. Like that that is wrong in every fashion or form. You don't do that. Be like any guy worth his caliber would be like, yeah, no, you do not push yourself on a girl. Because they don't be like girls like when you approach them, maybe like you're gentlemen and kind yeah. and all that. It's me like there there's there's the I mean th- this guy he says, oh, yeah, we're going to have a party. Got a bouncy castle. Yeah, it's like, exactly. oh, I'm sorry, I can't be there. Oh, uh, I guess there's just too many people. It's like, oh, it's just going to be the two of us. Yeah, not, not. Yeah, got some... a bouncy castle for two people? That's a little, that's just a bit too weird, dude. Just also, bit. considering we saw his apartment, yeah. where did that bouncy castle yeah, exactly. get set up? You, you be like, if you took what uh, Studio B is, Drew's apartment, be like, and that's you just smaller than this, crunch it down to like just. Like it looks like a New York, a apartment. New York City apartment. Yeah, exactly. It's like where in the world do go, you go? Look at uh, uh, what's her name's apartment in Zootopia, the, uh, the main rabbit character. Yeah, go look at her apartment. It's about yeah. that small. About that small. But be like, yeah, the scary or uh, the guy, the French guy from Ratatouille. Yeah, the chef. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That is a good movie. I I recently watched that recently, and it was that was mm-hmm. good. That was really good. So. You have uh, a guy, Judy Hops. Thank you, Neko. Thank you, Neko. But um, yeah, he he is a guy who thinks that be like he can get anything he wants because he has power, and he's uh, he's fooled himself into believing that if I get the girl, be like my whole ambition is to get the girl, and he's rejected by the girl, and thus he becomes a villain and becomes the the worst kind of man. Mm-hmm. Which would be like any man worth his salt would be like, dude, get the heck out of here because you were making all of us look bad. Yeah. And be like, some be like, oh, it's toxic masculinity. Well, 
in a way it is, but the same guy, it's just, it's the, it's the, it's the guy overcompensating and thinking guy. he's all that in a bag of chips. And exactly. he he's not, he's not be like, it's, it's, it's these guys who be like, who be like, Oh, because be like, I won so many titles. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I have some Ferraris and be like, blah, 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 blah. And I, I'd be like, he's Anakin Skywalker without the charm. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Thank you. He he's very brash. He's a very arrogant character, and he's very stupid. He's a very stupid character, mm-hmm. and be like, in some ways, you feel bad for him. But at the same time, as the movie progresses, it's like you find yourself hating this guy worse and worse and worse, to the point where like he's become the full blown villain, and your villain of Megamind becomes the hero that he's supposed yeah. to be. And I just I, I love how you get this. I want to call him Lewis, but his name is not Lewis. It's, it's Hal. It's Hal. Um, and Hal Which is, is ironic because I think doesn't in in the Lego movie isn't uh, Jonah Hill playing Green Lantern Hal Jordan? I think he, I uh, just sort of thought of that. It could be. It could be. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Because there again, be like when when you do reviewing podcasts for. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a it's hot been, minute. It's been a minute since we did, and it. that one hasn't come back up in our uh, votes for the rewind. Yeah. So, so anyways, we I love how the 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 subvert Hal as a character, and the the, the atypical archetype of a nerd, and uh, just be like how uh, how twisted that can be mm-hmm. as a as a person, and uh, be like. It's like, yeah, that's not who nerds are. Be like, we're nerds. We're not like that. Yeah. At all. And uh, I think some people just view uh, if a guy's being a guy, they're just being weird. But no. Anyways. Anyways, I don't want to get into politics. But uh, so, yeah. How is a character? No. (laughs) I I enjoy the concept of what they did with it. I love how they subverted and twisted it. And uh, made this character who is absolutely revolting as a person, but you mm-hmm. feel sympathy at the exact same time for about a hot minute. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my second. Like, what's yours? There's only one character who technically has character growth in this film. That sounds like a, b- a bad thing. It does. But you want to know why I don't think I consider it? Okay. Because there is, there is, because every character in here has a character pivot yes agree it's not that they have to they need the characters actually don't the only character who grows in, in my opinion mm-hmm. is roxanne and that's because she has to learn to accept megamind for who he is yeah i agree but you look at megamind he is in so many ways still the same character he was mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film but he's pivoted from seeing that he needs to be evil and do all this evil stuff to saying oh i can actually be the good guy Okay. Uh, Metro Man doesn't really, he doesn't pivot, but Hal pivots. Yeah, Hal pivots. Hal just thinks he's going to be this loser guy who's going to, and then he gets hit with this and it's like, oh, now I'm going to become the most hated villain in uh, in this town because, oh, I didn't get the girl because she's in love with somebody else. Yeah. And he pivots to seeing everything darkly. Mm -hmm. The characters don't actually grow. Yeah. But their pivot to a different perspective, yeah, I think is, I think some people would call that growth, but I think that's just more like, it's just a change in perspective. And so, because for the most part, 
I, I'm reminded of the scene at the very end. Now, granted, by all technical accounts, this is Minion at the time. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, that scene where he's uh, Megamind has come back uh, and all the, ki- the, the death bots mm-hmm. are forming the three-dimensional hologram of his head. And he's like doing the whole showboat thing. He's always done. Yeah. That's part of who he is. And it, it's not different. And he comes and says, oh, uh, you're a villain, all right. Just not a super one. Uh, yes. And it's like, oh, that is something new. Uh-huh. What's the difference? And technically Minion, as Megamind, comes down and says, presentation. It's like, <laughs> this is what would happen if the Joker became the hero, guys. That is true. Except, so- except in this case, Megamind is not insane. True. Like the Joker is. True. It's like he's this, a little cuckoo, but he's a he's a he's a mad scientist, yeah, archetype character. He's like Slither for crying out loud, right? Uh, the Mega Mind with a no Brainiac. He's he's a combination of Brainiac and and Lex Luthor is, yeah. is the actual influences, but yes, because uh, they were both Superman's biggest thing, uh, villains at different times. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even when you get right down to it, Lex Luthor technically for a time was could have been considered a good character because he was president of the united states True. and at the very least had to do some good things for the for the good people of his country yes he was still lex luther though in much the same way that so many of our presidents are still the people we knew beforehand mm-hmm. and that's as close to politics as i'm getting with that statement yeah exactly because <laughs> you could step into a huge pool with that and but again we're on both again. sides on, on both sides, sides. Mm-hmm. exactly so we're not picking two fields here, it's right? Both, but either Th- this he's he's such a f- he, he's still the, he's playing the snidely whiplash at the beginning, and he's still snidely whiplash at the end. Yeah. It's just now instead of fighting Metro Man, mm-hmm. he's fighting Titan, who is legitimately being a villain, and. I, I love that those pivots and then go, jumping back to Roxanne where mm-hmm. I, I say she's the only character with growth. Did you catch that at the beginning of the film, she's wearing a red dress? Yes, she is. Midway through the film, about the time that she's starting to fall, uh, fall in love with quote unquote Bernard, mm-hmm. her dress is purple. That's right. Doesn't and at the end of the film, it's blue, blue after she's fully on uh, Mega Mind side, fully in line with Mega Man, Mega yeah. Mind, Mega Mind. That's a great, wonderful, just little visual. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she was a granite Metro Man does not doesn't have a red color scheme, but yeah. that would have been cool. Titan does, mm-hmm. which is a thing. But I mean, that, that's just a nice, cool little visual that she goes from one side to the other slowly. Yes, I agree. Um, as she learns to actually realize that Megamind is not the evil villain she thinks he is. Yes. So yeah, that's my second like. I, I, I love that approach where it's where it's you, subtle. It's subtle. And there again, it's a good subversion of what things what traditional is about superheroes. Mm-hmm. Is that the 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 damsel in the stress has gotten, you know, be like she falls in love or the the love interest falls in love with the villain, not the hero. Although that's normally called uh 
Oh, I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, you know, you know what word is not yeah, coming exactly. to my mind after uh, I started the sentence because uh, it's what they claim that Bell happens to Bell exactly, and Beauty and the Beast not true. not. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a syndrome. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's where Stockholm you fall, syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Where you I fall was thinking it's happen. Germany. It's German. I know this. Yeah, Stockholm. <laughs> Stockholm. Stockholm syndrome. Which really isn't Stockholm syndrome, but it's what the categories. No, are. it's the closest. Not not even this is really technically Stockholm syndrome. No, under not. the right circumstances, it can be described as it such. It could be, but more Stockholm syndrome is where you have been in a, a not in a relationship, but in a event or something like that, mm -hmm. where you have be like been in a situation with a person, and by the end of it, you are finding sympathy towards that person who has done wrong, yeah. who has abused you, and you find yourself more and more. Uh, drawn or attracted to that person. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what's your third like? My third like would be uh, Metro Man's Resurrection. And I was like, I was like, it's like for for me personally. Yeah. When the uh, observatory, or at least the observatory, blew up, and you get this you know, amazing shot of the the skeleton with the flag, and I was like, yeah, with this cape, and I was like, wow. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I was like, okay, maybe he did get vaporized. Maybe. So uh, to defend what I said earlier about how I did, I even the first time I knew it wasn't real, yeah. it's because I've seen so many of these things and know yeah. how people think when it comes to children's films, which yeah. technically this was made under that guise. Right. A, you don't kill nobody. That is true. B, the fact that even Megamind is not believing that Mega Metro Man's weakness is copper. Well, I'd be like, well, I, 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 I will take it. I mean, I get the 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 allusion to lead, yeah, but since I'm, you're weak to copper. <laughs> no, but like, let's let let's let's take that a little further with where Megamind believes that Me yeah. uh, Metro Man's actual weakness was copper. Which so that's why, I admit, that's why, it's that's not why, it's not out of their own possibility. I agree with you on that. Yeah, that's why but, he uses it against. But Titan. when I, but when I watched that sequence that first time. Mm -hmm. The fact that a even Megamind didn't realize believe that that was his weakness. Yeah. Okay. B there, there. the fact that that looks that, that is such a fake cartoony skeleton. Oh yeah. Well, this is a very cartoony movie. But well, I mean, it's even it's, it's, it's even cartoony for the for the art style. Okay. What I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair that, enough. That's that's what I mean. And the fact that this is a kids movie and you're going to show a guy dying by throwing a skeleton yeah something about all this together in to me this yes, is how my fair, brain works fair. put together immediately he's not dead okay that's fair but granted i assumed he was going to be either out the rest of the film and we'd never see him again yeah and this was just their way of showing it's like oh if he shows up he'll be it'll be in, a, in an after credit scene because something like this that. is about the time that started becoming popular because of yeah. the mcu right or He'll somehow get turned evil and have to fight Me Megamind at the end of it. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been a cool concept too. But, but like, watching, if like, if not a little cliche. Yeah, agreed. So watching the film, like watching this, is like okay. Be like in in my mind, I was thinking, like in the back of my mind or in the forefront of my mind. It's like wow, they killed him off. But like Drew said, like in the back of my mind as a reviewer and watching all these yeah. films, it's like okay, maybe so, something, hey, there's something off here. Something off here. And then you, they start cluing you in. It's like, oh, okay, he's not really dead. And it's like, oh, be like they go to they all of a sudden they go to his 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 uh, fortress of solitude, fortress of solitude, which, which is his school. old school house, the school, yeah, school house, schoolhouse. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, so he's not dead. And it'd be like, I, I guarantee, like people watching this for the first time in theaters, they'll be like, 
okay, that's interesting. It subverts yeah. a little more because they're again, everything in this movie is subverting tropes of the superhero genre. And I was like, okay, this is cool. But at the same time, it shows the character of who Metro Man is. It's this man who there again has, like I said, my first like was a man. This has been thrust upon him. He didn't really didn't want this. Mm-hmm. And so now he found an opportunity to uh, disappear, to to uh, fade into the ether and uh, become legend and live out the life he wants to. <laughs> Which I, I thought was an interesting idea. But at the same time, it's this idea of selfishness. Yeah, that be like he, he knows be like the the city of. I want to call it Megatopia, but it's not Megatopia. Metro City. Metro City. Metro City. Obviously. Or Metrocity. Or Metrocity. Or whatever Mega Mike calls it. He calls it Metrocity. And Metrocity. I'm going to fully admit when I was reading through the summary, yes. I had to stop myself three or four times when I came up on Metro City and not call it Metrocity. Metrocity. It was like, we hear it called Metrocity so much. You just think it's, it's like, Metrocity. oh, yeah, the town's called Metrocity. Yeah. But uh, I, I, there again, this movie is very good at subverting uh, expectation for the genre. And it's this this hero who there again, heroism has been thrust upon him, and he really doesn't want to do it. And when he finds the opportunity to uh, disappear, disappear into the ether and to fake his own death, he takes it. You know, and it's and this, this act of selfishness, but at the same time, it's be like, I want to do what I want to do. But you're you're leaving your city. You're leaving the the people that depend on you the most. It's it's like a um, it's like someone who'd be like, oh, I really don't want to do this anymore. I'm just gonna quit. And you leave everybody mm-hmm. hanging. And you leave be like the way he did it was interesting. The way he did yeah. it, the way he explains it's very interesting. But it's this man who is basically given up. He's given up on life or given up on what he's what he has been destined to do and mm-hmm. rejected that calling and instead I am going to do what I want to do. Which I think if you you can kind of lay that out, you have where it, it's kind of like we 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 take what be like I don't know. Just it, it's I, I find it a very interesting concept. That you have a like we, we can all do this definitely like if, if you call it, if you uh, if you break it down to your faith yeah if you have faith in Jesus Christ you have this um, like God has called you to do something and uh, it could be missions it could be working with the poor working with youth working with elderly people what have you and be like you you don't feel be like. Everyone's telling me, like, you have to do this, you have to do this, how you have to do this, but you don't feel your person be like, this is not what I want to be doing. Instead, you go do something else. And uh, there again, be like, it's the rejection of the call, rejection of what you're supposed to be doing in life. Instead, you're being selfish and rejecting what the people in life believe you are to be be doing. Or, or in the case of the Christian, is what God has called you to do. Be like, nope, I'm going to do my own path. I'm going to reject everybody. I'm going to reject everything that I have done for, for the the solace of my life just to be happy. And as I will all know, life isn't about happiness. Mm-hmm. Be like, life can be full of happiness, but it's not about you being happy and content about life. But rather, it's like what you can do for others. 
and that's the, the the true calling of a hero or someone who is called to do something beyond themselves is to do for others what you know do for others what uh, what you should be doing for others and uh yeah metro man fails in this so terribly as a character but i i there again i love the subversive tone of like it just flips everything on its script flipped everything in the script and just like okay here you go like the mega mind be like becoming the hero getting the girl and uh and it, like with megamind it's the same thing it's the guy be like oh be like i'm just a villain but he like is he's thrust into being a villain and he accepts it it's not oh this bill i really don't want to be this but he really wants to be this and i find that really really well done this is such a good movie mm-hmm. when, when it comes to just subverting everything and i enjoy it that's my third my third like for this film is minion oh yeah fishbowl this character is the is the character I did not expect when I first watched this film to actually like. Yeah. Because, okay, yeah, he's Mega Man's partner in crime. He's a bit of a yes man. I think Despicable Me had come out by this point, so Minions already had a bad taste in my mouth Mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, So the fact that you have a character named Minion, uh, I think kind of threw me off when i was originally watching it but the more i watched it there's just so many little things about this character i absolutely love uh for one thing despite the fact that he is for the most part animated like everybody else Mm -hmm. his fish self which is his only actual self Mm -hmm. is and it feels like it's animated separately from the rest of the body like it would because he's a fish yeah happening somehow controlling a mech suit we don't know exactly how that works but we don't need to know maybe but uh maybe it's telepathic who knows but the the whole uh depending on the needs of the scene Mm -hmm. it's eat his the his fish body is either his head or it's his body yeah uh you get nice little visual elements like when uh they're training Hal to uh try to save the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. he's and and they're he's having to climb and up this ladder a series of ladders while minion throws barrels at him obviously mimicking donkey kong yeah and there's even a shot of minion up there getting ready to throw a barrel and he's just like uh kind of like getting animating just like donkey kong does kind of in Mm -hmm. the game except smoother obviously yeah and it's like oh this is great this is wonderful stuff and the whole fact that's like yeah minion maybe is takes a little longer to understand yeah. what Megamind is doing and perhaps become go, switching from cri- crime to being a good guy is a little harder for him to understand, but he's legitimately worried about Megamind yeah. throughout the entire, he, he's the entire film. He's his best friend throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah. He's the only one that was there for him from the beginning to the end. And the only reason he disappears halfway through is because Megamind tells him to get out. Yeah. Basically. And even he, then, he's been rejected by his best friend. And even then, it's a uh, minion who is right there, ready. It's like, hey, you ready to get back out there? Mm-hmm. Now that you've finally gotten over yourself, mm-hmm. now that you've finally been a sarapus, now you see your girlfriend, who I still don't understand why your girlfriend, whether, but now that she's in trouble and you got to defeat this bad guy and now you got to clean up your mess, 
uh, you ready to get out there and do it? It's like, he's that guy. He's like, he's the best mm-hmm. friend. He's, he's the wingman. He's the, he's helping Megamind throughout this whole thing. And he's kind of like the most forgotten character in yeah, some ways. I agree. But it, there's a reason why he's the one who gets the fake death scene at the end of the film. Yeah, agreed. That was good. Which it's like, okay, I, 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 I like how you give us the fake death scene and you show it. It's fake. At the same time, it's like, couldn't you have worked that out just a little bit without being, you know, kind of flippant with his resurrection? Agreed. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, what a drama queen, am I right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you could have, you, you were keeping him out of the water for a long time, Megamind. Yeah, you were. You could have put him in the water a lot sooner and he wouldn't be able to play that. And it would have been just as funny. But anyway, Minion yeah. is still is one of my is my favorite character. I think of that the whole thing because he's the only one who's got Mega Mind's back throughout the whole film, even when Mega Mind doesn't have his own back. I got you. Fair enough. So that brings us to our dislikes. Yes, and I want to go first go on this, it. if I may. Go for it. My first dislike for this is the amount of times Megamind mispronounces words. Now, I want to preface this by saying, I like the joke with Metrocity. Yes. I am fine with Shul. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I agree. I, 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 that, that is understandable, but there's a couple ones that, are, that the fact that they tried to, either, either the joke is lost because in some dialects, you would pronounce it that way maybe or in uh in one case the only reason i understood what word he was trying to say was because i had the subtitles on yeah so i mean like did you catch that he was he always pronounced metro man as metro mon yeah he did yeah he's not a digimon but the thing is throughout most of the film it's like yeah he's saying metro mon but i mean that's could just be him mocking mm-hmm. and how he's always said that. Yeah. Uh, and that got annoying after a while. Now the metrocity that he actually caught as Bernard mm-hmm. and then re- reset it as, or as a shul. I don't remember which one, mm. uh, one of those, he, he started to say it the other way, caught himself and, and said it the correct way mm-hmm. showing that he actually understood it. It's like, I'd like those, but then you get to where he's like, I'm feeling, and I can only can't even say the word he used. I he mispronounced it. Yeah. But the word he was trying to say was melancholy. Mm-hmm. And it's like the only reason I knew the word was melancholy was because the subtitles were on. And the thing is, people don't know the meaning of the word melancholy anymore. It is not that commonly used a word. Right, right. right. So how do you expect 12 year old kids, not only to get the idea that he's feeling melancholy, but then here, understand that word through an intentional mispronunciation of the word melancholy. Yeah. So melancholy is more, but like, just more like, Kind of like in the blues. Down. Down. The blind, blue. we, we would think of it as the blues. Yeah. Which is that's, ironic. That's what thought, that's it's what it's more of being dep- not really full on depressed. Just in a but it's like just Yeah. We, yeah. A funk. Like the blues. It's like. Yeah. Mm, and granted, he was a little farther into a funk than I think just strange normal melancholy yeah. would be anyway. I totally get that. But uh, it's not a word in common usage. No, it's not. It's not even in. I think that's the closest I think I've ever heard Will Ferrell even come to the word melancholy, if we're being honest. The only other major usage I know of the word melancholy 
in modern day yeah is the anime series from around ironically around this time the melancholy of haruhi suzumiya okay and that's not really that that does that won't help you learn what melancholy means because she's not really melancholy throughout most of that show yeah but it's a weird word it's not a good joke it's a bad joke based on this mispronunciations that are kind of funny but are mostly just a weird quirk of the character that yeah. we kind of like and yeah it plays a role in the end of the film it's a minor role yeah but and so i'm fine with like like i said the mispronunciations of mm-hmm. matros of metro city is metrocity yeah. and school is shul because they're funny and i understand how he's how he's do, how he would make yeah. that connection but all the rest of them, it's like, no, don't do that. Just pronounce it the normal way because those aren't funny. Yeah. If you're going to play this quirk, play the quirk where it's funny, not where it's just like either you have to be really realize they're saying this incorrectly or you happen to know an, an, an old word. Yeah. That's agreed. and And even the way he says it, you can't even make out what he's saying. It's not, not just that he's mispronouncing melancholy. It's just like he's saying it's so low, it's like you can barely hear it on the speak the word on the speaker anyway. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm starting to rattle on that. Mm. So yeah, the a good portion of the mispronunciation of words that he does as mm. a joke, but it only kind of works sometimes. Is my first dislike. Fair enough. What's your first dislike? My first like is shul. You don't like shul. I don't like shul. Uh, well, I'm the not word saying, or or how they handle the actual shul. Uh, how they handle the actual shul. <laughs> I had like, a feeling that was. I, I am very much pro school for anybody. Oh, who's yeah. trying To say that. Oh, oh no! But like Jacob says, don't go to school, kids. Yes, go to school. You're still reacting to the pre-show with yes, Roy, I aren't am. you? Darn it! Yes. <laughs> So the the way they folks, this, if you don't know what we're talking about, you should show up on the Cellcast, our our Facebook page, or our Twitch mm-hmm. site, or on YouTube, and you can hear or become a patron. There we go, and you can see and listen to all of our pre-show and post-show mm-hmm. stuff because you're only getting three quarters of the show if you yes. don't see those. Anyway, exactly. so the 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 how the the explanation of how they put Metro Man. And Megamine in the same school, there again, kid who grows up in prison, which is there again, the kid wouldn't grow up in prison. Be like, just just being real. Be like, understand? Well, yes. Be like, oh, he's our pet, but he's a little kid. He's a baby, so we just raise his little baby as a, a pet. I don't get that, but at the same time, be like, you get this Metro Man, which we never really get his name. Who he is? Just Metro Man, my my arch rival. Uh, somehow these two kids. Yeah, we do. His, his name is uh, Goody Two Shoes. Goody Two Shoes. So you get Goody Two Shoes and Music Man, Metro, Metro Mind, and Music Man. That's what Metro Man calls himself. Oh after, yeah, Music Man. After his Music Man. Yeah, that way he doesn't he, have to he, change he, his he, logo. Oh, no. But um, but it's the, it's so absurd. Like the the whole notion that these two characters wind up being in school together. When it's right next to the prison, okay, and this this kid who grows up in privilege, instead of going to a nice private school, goes to this little like country school house. Okay, which I, I it's it's just this weird. We got to put our characters together and make this 
make we gotta uh, show their pain he's a pain in, in megamind's life the whole time yeah because megamind is bullied and that kind of stuff yeah. and just so it, it condenses everything together it's where it's easier to tell as a story format but it makes no sense no sense to me at mm-hmm. all when it comes to actual storytelling because these two characters would not meet in that kind of situation at least make it more like it's okay. a cartoon i get it but at the same time make it more okay. Realistic. okay 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 i'm not trying to cut you off but i've got to get this out but i'm starting to want to say something okay say <laughs> what i'm about to say is not a defense. Okay. I want to point this out. It is just an explanation. Okay. Well, I suspect that this is the part of the film that comes from the from what I call early DreamWorks issues. Okay. If you look at the stuff like I would say How to Train Your Dragon is really where I call it the tipping point because it's after that point Fair. where they really are trying to go toe to toe with Pixar and Disney. Okay. And admittedly, this was after, this was around the time that Disney finally started actually trying to actually make good movies again. <laughs> Fair, neither here nor there, but it's called Tangled People. Yeah, and a couple other things. But anyway, a couple other things. Uh, this is like right before that line. Yeah, or right around the same time as as Dra- Hatching Your Dragon. And if you look at the stuff that's before that in DreamWorks's catalog, they are very much cheap joke. Oh, they love using the cheap jokes before that point. The cheap jokes will take precedence over story. Fair. And Fair. I'm not just talking about Shrek. I mean, like some of this comes from Shrek because that yeah, was their first big popular film. Agreed. It took a lot of the cheap jokes and they tried to replicate this formula across all their films. Mm-hmm. And for some films, it works. For some, it doesn't. I suspect that this was the same type of joke that would have been introduced the same way we had issues with monsters versus aliens. Cause it's I, that yeah, kind totally of joke. It. Yeah. I get they, it. Do, they, they work kind of, yeah. it's a funny visual image, but yeah. it's not, does not make story sense. Yeah. I agree. It doesn't for one thing. Why would he ain't okay. A I can accept that Megamind and Metro Man would go to the same school as kids. Yeah. That's not really that strange. Mm. The fact that the kids would love Metro Man over Megamind, I fully can go with. Totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Even the fact that the school happens to be next to the prison, or let's just be nice and say Megamind's home. Yeah. Because I have issues with the prison aspect yeah. also. Agreed. Uh even though the fact that it's next to Megamind's home, I don't have a problem with. Okay. The fact that it's a one-room schoolhouse, yeah. that as far as we can tell, is the only school for Metro City. Which is... <laughs> which doesn't make sense. So Grant, apparently there's just a small handful of kids. Granted, I think it's just supposed to be a cheap joke. It was yeah, it not is, a, a thought-out joke. joke. The, the whole joke is... Megamind is living in grew up in a prison, which I agree with you. That probably would not have happened. But even for but for the sake of this story, I can accept it. Yeah. Only for the sake of the story. Yeah, only because the that's the only way the fact that when he says at the end that I'm going home, yeah, and he that, goes back to the good, prison. Yeah, that's a it's good the only home he's yeah. ever known. Yeah. That makes sense to me, and I can work with that. And the fact that the the prison the prisoners are the only people who ever accepted him for who he was. Yeah, agreed. Um uh, there's family as far as he can knows. Mm-hmm. I can accept that. But the fact that you have this one room schoolhouse 
and there's like 12 kids in here and one teacher and that's as far as we can tell mm-hmm. the only school for all of metro city yeah yeah i agree with you that doesn't work yeah it doesn't work i can even go with and this is this, the most rationalization i can give it yeah. give this moment i can go with the mansion that Metro Man grew up with, because we know it's he's not that far from the prison. Yeah. I can imagine this it's, being it's a hop skill to jump. I can imagine this being like the community school. Yeah. That happened to be the only school that Megamind and his uh situation could go to. And it also happened to be the one that Metro Man went to because he happened to be in that district. And yeah. for some reason his rich adopted parents didn't send him to private school. Yeah. Which is the Bigger, biggest issue of the whole thing. Okay. And I don't think you'll disagree with me. This is at the end. Metro man as a child picks up the schoolhouse and flies off to who knows where with it. Yeah. With all his fellow students in it. Right. And Megamind, I get why Megamind wouldn't know where it is, but why would Megamind have continued to look for it? And why, if this is going to be city property as schools are city property. Yes convoluted way they are mm-hmm. would met would metro man be allowed to just take it out to the middle of nowhere and turn it into his fortress of solitude plus why did he turn that into his fortress of solitude and i can live with the wibbly wobbly timey wimey of the of being bigger on the inside like a tardis yeah that, i'll let that slide yeah despite the fact they didn't show how that worked but no Anyway, sorry. I, I guess it, that's more like underground. Like it's, it's built underground. That's the assumption. There, there again, it's on a cliff, and you don't have be like. And Megamind never a, saw a, it. No, he didn't. It's overlooking the city. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it, it's 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 cartoon logic. It's like like you said. Yeah. The, it, I, it, I, it's, I, it's using those same old tropes. I suspect it's a portion of like I said the pre mm-hmm. dra- how, how to train your dragon. DreamWorks method of trying to copy the Shrek formula that happened to still be in the film mm-hmm. that happened to be left in. Cause it's like, cause like I said, this is at the time where it's transitioning away from that. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, all the other films that came after Shrek were doing this Madagascar is very bad at doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Monsters versus aliens. I'm uh. trying to think of a Shrek two, three and four. They are kind of, do it better except yeah. for three yeah three um, and i can't even think of what other dreamworks animated films came out in that time period but anyway yeah yeah <laughs> good work because kung yeah. fu panda is after this i think agreed but it's also in that transitionary point anyway yeah this is just one of those weird things that had plagued 20 uh, 2000s era animation where we have to have stupid jokes that are trying to mimic shrek yeah, agreed. Let Shrek be Shrek and you be something else. Yeah, which, again, this is a movie trying to subvert everything that it's trying to do. Right. But it's it's going back to that old catalog. They, they I suspect this was something that was already been rendered and they couldn't go back and change Probably. by the time Guillermo del Toro got involved. That's true. But also also the fact to be like this, the be like it, it, it allows for more just like... Uh, you know, I wouldn't even I like, like almost isolineal, just not isolineal. Sorry, wrong word. But uh, I'm it, not sure that's a word. It's it's yeah, I probably just <laughs> wrong word. My apologies. Uh, no, it's it's just more it it just more it condenses everything right. down to where it's more easier storytelling. But it just makes no sense. You have these two characters go to the exact same little school. I'm 
I would, like, I, I, would get, I get your point. There's an easy way to fix this. Make it a regular school. Yeah. If you make it a regular school that happens to be next to a prison, yeah, that's weird, but that's part of the joke. Yeah. And then it's much easier accepted because you can make a regular building look like a school and not have it be the stereotypical one room red painted old barn schoolhouse. Mm. Which is funny in its own right, but right. It's just, but you can do it without, without and still make it make sense. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's my first just like the how the 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 uh the uh the shul the shul the shul house. His old shul house. Old shul house. It makes no sense to me. But I understand his rationale. I get it. But at the same time, it's like do something different. It's you're, just, you're, it's you're just, subverting everything else. Why are you going back? Why, why did you cliche this one? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what is your first dislike? My second dislike. Second dislike. That's right. My second dislike. My second dislike for this film is the use of some of the licensed music Mm. some of the licensed music is fine i'll admit like uh bad to the bone when you're taking over the yeah yeah i think that worked but a lot of it is just like oh we need music here and we don't want to actually make new music we don't want to compose new music let's throw in a license track because we have connections and this kind of fits and it kind of doesn't like uh at one point, they use the song September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. They do. It doesn't make sense where they placed it. I agree. It's an overplayed song anyway. So, I mean, I, I'm, I am starting to nitpick, if you can't tell. Yeah, you are. But uh, the, all, some of the licensed tracks just don't work the way they, they use them. They definitely don't. I would prefer just using more. I always prefer using more uh, original score. Uh, especially with animated films, because mm-hmm. I think we use licensed music too much on those personally. Yeah, I agree. But here, only a couple of them worked, and I think for the most part, it could have been left out. And I think part of the reason we do that is because there's still the idea that these movies should be musicals, mm-hmm. and they don't need oh, to be. Gosh, yeah. I'll, I'll get into that one later. So, what's your second dislike? My second dislike is Jonah Hill as his performance. And I uh, like a lot of cases, like his takes are just like, they're flat. It's like, that's the best take you can really get where it's just like, there again, this is nitpicking. Yeah. It's just, that's like, sometimes it's more like his performance is like, okay, he probably could have said that a little better. Maybe, maybe they just took, they just like, okay, let's get Jonah Hill out of here because we're having to pay him way too much money. I don't know. I don't know how much money he made I, for this one. I would assume Will Ferrell would have been paid more, but he was also executive producer. That so. is true. So I think it was be like, it sounded like it was more like a, like a rush job yeah. to get Joni Hill's performance out. And there's a lot of like his performance is a little flat here and there. Like there's not as much gravitas you would have as, as a, uh, a, a character who's being, um, uh, uh, manipulated and turned mm-hmm. in, be like supposed to be turned to a hero, but actually he's a villain. Uh, but like some of his, his uh, performances are a bit flat. Uh, it doesn't really match. It's just like, ah, uh, where was she? Uh, uh, kind of a thing. So it, there again, this is a nitpick. So yeah, that's my second dislike. 
My third dislike for this film. I don't know if I really have one. I'm going to be honest. More I think about, yeah, I don't really have a third dislike. Okay. Uh, what's yours? My third dislike would be it's continuing on the what Trek, not Trek, but Trek started. Why on earth are we continuing this terrible trend of every one of these movies have to end with a musical with a musical dance off? Okay, you know what? This is my third. I I forgot about it. Uh, Okay. Yes. But yeah, this is also my third. Yeah. Granted, I've seen some films where they do it better. Agreed. Yes. This is not one of them. No. I I would go back to like the first Shrek film. Be like, that was like, okay, this is cool. And then the the format got duplicated and replicated all over the place. Not every animated film needs to end with a dance party. Yeah, exactly. And that was the the big trend in the 2000, like in the the latter part of the, uh, into the 2010s. You know why they do this? Because it allows you to leave the inner, the movie with high energy, yes. So that you think the whole film was, you leave the exactly. film with a very positive attitude. Exactly. Doesn't matter how good or bad the film was, you leave this with a pot with a. I agree with, with you. A, I agree. With a very positive attitude, and the fact is, after the fifth time you've sat through one of these dance parties, mm-hmm. to almost the same songs every time, yeah. Uh, you get tired of it. You know which one this reminded me of the most? What would that be? Despicable Me's. Agreed. Agreed. Even to the part where the villain is dancing in an orange jumpsuit Mm -hmm. where he shouldn't be able to hear the stinking music. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just like you you have the, the, the origin, the genesis with Shrek and... Obviously, this is the I want to say Pixar, but it's not a Pixar film. It's a no. DreamWorks film, and DreamWorks just got into that rut where every single film had to end like that. Had to end with this big dance party at the end. Like I agree with Drew that be like, yeah, you want to get your 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 fans excited. Oh my gosh, we're gonna do this fun, you know, dance hoorah. Uh, I think Disney. Didn't really do that. Not they, as often, no, they, or they, was they, very they, much they, more subdued when subdued, they would like do something similar. Like Wrecker Ralph kind of did it. Wrecker Ralph kind of did it, but it was part of the story. Yeah. And then you get into the actual end credits, mm-hmm. and you do have this more kind of a dance number sort of a thing, but mm-hmm. you're also doing it as part of your end credits. DreamWorks never included it as part of their end credits. No, it, it was always, it was the, always the, la- the last scene, mm-hmm. and then we'll go into end credits. Yeah. And I never understood that because those. That dance kind of scene, that would be a perfect excuse to show, oh, here's who played this character. Here's who played that character. Because every single time, yeah, it's uh, you get these nice shots of this character having fun. Why don't you say, oh, this character, that was played by Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. This character, that was Brad Pitt. This one, that's Cena Fey. Use it as part of your end credits. Yeah. No, we always like, oh, we got to have this dance party. Then we're going to show in credits because no one cares who these people are. Yeah. It's like the fact that's the entire reason we cast them. Yeah, exactly. Because even, even as much as I like the performances in this. Yeah. Very obvious stunt casting. Yeah, exactly. It was, it there's, also, it was not a C, there's not a C-list actor in the bunch. No. 
No. Not till you get to past the point where it's like, oh yeah, we just hired these people to fill out things. And even Bernard is Ben Stiller. Yeah. For two scenes. Exactly. One of them being an after credit scene. Mm-hmm. But still. Yeah, it's just this be like there again, be like you get the Shrek films and DreamWorks would be like by the fourth film, they already done it with uh Madagascar and all these other mm-hmm. films. But so by the time we get to Megamind, it has become old trope. And this we again, were all tired of it by this we're point. We're all tired of it, and this is a film that is subverting tropes. But then it subver- it goes back into its old trope with we're going to do a dance party in this film. And I would have been perfectly fine with everybody excited. Maybe there's some music playing in the background. Like maybe someone's dancing. Maybe. But subvert it. That's what this movie's doing the entire time. Yeah, at so- the very least, don't go with the dance party. Have Megamind fly off into like the sunset. If you're gonna do a trope, do one we haven't used yeah, in a do while. It well, or, or 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 at least subvert it in some capacity where he flies off, but his mechanical boots fail or and something. He went crashing to the ground or something like that. That would have been funny. Oh my gosh, they subverted this again because this movie does it over and over and over and over again. And then it just reverts back to what DreamWorks has done for the last six movies, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight movies. And it's become old trope. It's become a trope in itself. And a movie that subverts tropes just goes back to its old trope. And it's annoying. Shark Tale was the one I couldn't think of. Ah. And Over the Hedge. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Same thing. They can't, they all do. This. Oh, and we'll flush away, but that was more Ardman. Mm-hmm. Shark Third B movie. Oh. oh, and Kung Fu Panda did come out before this. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was 2008. Hmm. And then... Kung Fu Panda. Megamind, yeah. It went Kung Fu Panda, Madagascar 2, Monsters vs. Aliens, How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek Forever After, then Megamind. Okay. Makes there sense. were three DreamWorks animation films that came out in 2010. Yeah. And Megamind was the one who kind of got it's, buried by it. Yeah. And everything else. And then you had Tangle in 2010. And then Kung Fu Panda Net was two was the next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, just like a movie that subverts everything about the hero genre, but at the exact same time, it goes back to using the same trope just DreamWorks has used over and over and over and over again with the the dance party at the end of the movie, where it should have done was subvert it, do something really cool, really awesome, and our hero goes flat on his face, and that's how you end the movie. Mm-hmm. But no, we, we, we like, no, we're doing so well, but we got to we got to go back into the well and do do the same thing, because that's what all the kids want to do is hear the, the stupid dance party. You know, as adults, we're tired of it. Do something else. <laughs> like I said, this is the transitionary film. I agree. They had they, they were moving towards this what they were doing with how to train your dragon with just producing good films first. And the fact that they're animated second, mm-hmm. uh, and then working off those things instead of, and, but they were coming off of, we've got to make cheap jokes every five minutes because, Oh, we got to keep the kids laughing so that, you know, we, they, they, you know, ba- making babysitter movies mm-hmm. as I call them. Agreed. This is in that transitionary period where DreamWorks was finally getting serious with its filmmaking. I agree. I agree. Because you can because you can see the bones of it. You can see the structure. Because if you look at DreamWorks' history, yeah. I just looked through all their filmography because I was mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. It starts off with heavy hitters. You got 
uh, well, ants. Well, more or less. Talk, that's not really a good one to start with. But you got Prince of Egypt there early on. Oh my you gosh, got, yes. You got uh, all these other ones that are that I know are these more serious films. And then you got Shrek, and it's because of the popularity of how well Shrek did. They were trying to copy Shrek throughout all their stuff, and you it's, see it's that, something that works. And you see that they overuse the formula, and mm-hmm. then right around Kung Fu Panda, because Kung Fu Panda actually would consider the first yeah. of where they were starting to turn it around. Yeah. That's when they start saying, "Oh, why don't we make good movies?" Yeah. Maybe that'll be successful. Why don't we actually go toe to toe with what our major most major competitor is doing? Yeah. And make a good film that happens to have jokes in it. Yeah. Now that being said, uh there's one in there I know we're going to have to do at one point cuz I actually like it too that's from this jokey era and that's Over the Hedge. Mm. But I like it just because it's actually a funny film. Yeah. But it's I've not I've seen Over the Hedge. It's yeah. funny. But this is in that transitionary period where they were moving from to, act, to having the story come first. Now, granted, we've seen some of the films past this point where the story, I think, came second after marketability. But right, trolls, right. trolls. I mean, trolls. once they bought the entire IP of that, they mm-hmm. kind of had to push it. Anyway, yeah. uh, and I they're think- making a third film. It Just made saying. money. It was the most popular yeah, movie. It, I you got to remember, Trolls 2 was the biggest COVID th- movie. Yeah, it was. That came out during the time of COVID. I agree. Thanks, COVID. Red. That's actually the worst thing COVID did, if you want to know my personal oh. opinion. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. we're. Well, yeah, we're. Oh, yeah. This is definitely not going to theaters. And then, you know, a month, two later. Oh, yeah. We're putting it in theaters. Uh, really? Anyway. Yeah. What are you our, our, our ratings is definitely what we need to be doing. Yes. I'm giving this one an 8.5. Oh, nice. This is a fun movie. I agree. It, it's a lot better movie than it has a right to be. I agree. Because like we said, this is that transitionary film. Mm-hmm. It's at a time when superhero movies were not quite in vogue again, mm-hmm. but it still had the goal to come out during the time when they were starting to come back up. Yep. Uh, when they not really that popular, I know there's people, it was starting to become popular again. Uh, it does a lot of things. Good poking fun at the past, mm-hmm. both in terms of the seventies and eighties superhero films yes. to going back to poking fun at golden era tropes and such like that, while still making it a fun movie that everyone can watch. It's a great little family film. It's a great superhero film. Mm-hmm. And the places where it fails, I personally believe, are few and far between. It's 8.5. Okay. I highly agree with you. 8.5 to this film. It's a beautiful film. It subverts the the traditions of like everything you think of a superhero film that just flips it on, flips the script, does something different. Uh, it is beautifully well done, beautifully animated. Uh, it, it gives you such a roller coaster ride of emotions with characters, and um, to kind of use more of a wrestling, they they uh, they 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 flip the script with the character of what they do, and I really enjoy that about the film. Um, or the 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 character turned heel, yeah, like these tr- heel turns all the time in this film, which is really well done, and I enjoy the snot out of this film. This was so good. And uh, I was looking through Amazon, be like, okay, how much is it? Be like, I want this film because I want to add this, to the, add this to my collection. Yeah. Be like, people, if you've ever seen my collection, it's pretty. It's, he has a big collection. I have a big collection of films. 
Uh, I'm actually surprised this one hadn't accidentally made its way into your collection. Yeah, I was shocked too. And I was like, maybe I saw it and just was like, oh, it's Mega Mine. I don't care about that. Which there again, I think by the time I would either or. But um, yeah, 8.5. This is an incredible film. Go watch it. Go buy it. Whatever. Go show those movies in love because apparently it's in it's a cult classic now. Oh yeah, which I, I didn't know about. I was like, oh, okay. I'm very glad we. Uh, did you pick this one? I picked this one. Okay, yeah, that's right. So yeah, because of the weirdness of how our schedule got moved around in order so we could record with Francisco last week, right? Uh, this movie and Fire and Ice got flipped. Mm-hmm. So that's why you had technically two in a row. With Luca and then Fire and Ice. There. And then I have two in a row with Megamind mm-hmm. and our next film that oh, we're going to re- review. I saw that a couple hours ago. The very first Dragon Ball movie. Not Dragon Ball Z. Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Curse of the Blood Rubies. Uh, I'm I, going I'm... to go ahead and preface this with like, if you've seen the original anime, you will note a lot of similarities in the story. It's just, they changed it at the last five in the last half hour. <laughs> okay. It is a very similar story to the original dragon ball arc, which is journey to the West. Yes. But they made it instead of having it being emperor peel off being the main villain. Mm-hmm. It's this other guy, and he also wants the blood rubies, which come up out of nowhere, despite the fact they were looking for Dragon Balls earlier. <laughs> it's, it's, how it's, it's been a hot minute since I've seen this, but I thought, you know what? These Dragon Ball movies are just fun enough, or Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z films are just fun and stupid enough that these are just fun to watch when I, the time I, comes. I have to ask, ever since we... you. You brought up Dragon Ball Z abridged quite a bit in, in the in the past. Have they made an abridged version of this? So they have only they they only did the Z movies. Okay, the only one that is that technically consi- the only one that technically might be either a Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z film, even though it legally has the Z mm-hmm. subtitle. Uh, this would be closer to would be Dead Zone. Okay. But because that's there, it was really more of a Dragon Ball style film. Yeah, agreed. But it's technically part of Dragon Ball Z because it's like right before Dragon Ball yeah, Z starts. Yeah, this is when he's just he's Kid Goku. Yeah, this is Kid Goku. But also, the thing is about the first four Dragon Ball films is none of them are canon in any way, shape, or form. That's technically, true. none of the Dragon Ball films until you get to Super. Yeah, are canon, but they're. You could rationalize parts, yes, of them. This, no, they're not even trying. It's like, oh, we're, we this show is popular. Let's make a movie based on it. What's uh, can we fit this anywhere? No, oh well, let's just make a movie version and throw this other little sub uh, sub thing in there so yeah. that you have a reason to watch this instead of just staying home and watching the TV show. Yeah, give you something else to watch. Kind of, it's a goofy film. Okay, Fair which enough. is why, but this is also the. Like the last Dragon Ball film before, and I including Dragon Ball Z in this, before Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods came out that Funimation got the rights to. Really? It was one of those weird ones that got, you know, just hung out with some other, because of the weirdness of how Dragon Ball got originally released to the U.S. Mm-hmm. This was one of those that was stuck with some other rights holder who was sitting on it for a long time. Really? Till it finally ran out and then Funimation got it. And then, so this is actually a fairly good dub because mm. it's one of the later ones. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. 
And now, for some reason, I want to hear Team uh, Four Star do this as a movie. It's they're probably not going. They're, no, they're, they're not, not going, going to. to. They're not going. To. They never. They never work. To be honest. But it just sounds but, uh, like a goofy concept. Those guys would just at, be at, like, just. At, well, I still it. think at some point I need to figure out a way for us to do all of Dragon Ball Z abridged, because I don't think you it would work as part of TAS. Because mm. we got to include all the movies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it 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 would the quote unquote move. Oh, they're all thirty minute episodes at most. Yeah. Maybe it could work in that, but we'll do that. We'll, we'll think about we'll, much we'll later. Something out. Maybe we can do like a spinoff show or yeah. whatever. We'd have to like, try would, to do would, three would, episodes at a time. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Would people actually want to watch that? Actually listen to us talk about Dragon Ball Z Bridge. Just curious. I mean, we've talked, we, we've talked Dragon Ball stuff before. Anyway. Yeah. I legality of Dragon Ball Z Bridge is questionable as it is, but doesn't matter. Yeah. Join us next week for that. Uh, we're going to hit the bumpers, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, news, and, of course, a little bit of the Phoenix Saga of X-Men. Oh, God. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest the Retro Rewind podcast. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind pod as they travel back 15 years or more along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today and what isn't. Expect fun banter and travel insights from Francisco, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers, and a rotating cast of guest hosts, all of which are out of time. You're welcome, Roy. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com, and Melanie Dubois. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. So, Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? So, I was having a little bit of internet issues. Uh, I got Monday. Was those internet issues on Monday? Uh, Monday? No, they weren't on Monday. Because uh, my internet issues were on Monday. <laughs> I was, I, if, if, be like, if I'm be just being truly honest. Oh, like I I'm, know what internet issues you're referring to now. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So I had a, um, uh, an incident occurred. An incident occurred, which was, which turns out really wasn't an incident. It was actually was the real company. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, it was actually the real company. So here's the story. Here's the story. Story time, people. Don't we all love story time? This is a story all about how my internet got turned off right now. <laughs> so I'd like to take a moment, just sit right there, and I don't have a good way to finish this joke. But so, uh, so my be like, I got behind payments on my internet because I just I be like I was being you know goofy and just didn't quite realize be like just pay the bill, quit being scared or yeah. whatever. Um, so. I get this phone call on, I think it was yesterday. I get a phone call yesterday from my internet provider. It's like, oh, be like, hey, here's your bill. Be like, all you need is pay it. And it's like, okay, sure. I just got paid. Sure, pay it. And uh, I looked at my my stub on my 
on my phone and it didn't say the company's name. It said something else. So I'm like, what is this? So I go and look up the I look up the phone number. It's like and everything else was bah, 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 bots. I was like, oh. And so I, I called my internet provider, which is the automated yeah. voice system. And it said, you have a balance of, and I went, oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm very ashamed of what I said when I, when I realized that. Mm-hmm. So I, I booked it down to my, my local bank, uh, put a hold on that, and be like, I had to get a new card and a whole enchilada. It wasn't fun. And uh, it's like, hey, don't worry about it. This happens all the time. So I get done with work, go get a haircut because you need a new cut. Yeah. Uh, need a new fade. And went to church. Got home at eight, and it's like you know what? I'm going to continue to watch the show I've been watching, which is Arrow from the CW, watching mm-hmm. season one. So I turn on, and it's like, and then but I turn on, and then all of a sudden, be like, I turned off by mistake, and I realized, be like, ever since my internet's been off, be like, I'm not getting ads for different streaming platforms, and then all of a sudden, I'm seeing, it, and it's like, what is going on? So I, I click on the the icon for my the apps i have mm-hmm. and sure enough they're all popping up i'm like what in the world is going on i was like okay maybe there's a fluke and i'm watching youtube or whatever i'm like hold on so i you know call the automated voice system and uh, i was like hey what's my balance i don't have a balance it actually was the company who called me the other day <laughs> so i'd be like i, I went to bed and once nine o'clock open, nine o'clock ring up this morning, I called the bank and like, hey, can you put a stop on this claim? Because it actually was the company. <laughs> so I paid my bill, thought it was a scam, called the got the bank to put a hold on it to turn out it was actually the my, my internet provider. <laughs> so there's the story. Okay. So yes, I've been watching Arrow because they're gonna I didn't have internet at the time. So I, I pulled out my my trusty DVDs and started watching. And uh yeah, and then lo and behold the the night before I realized, oh my internet is actually working. Oh great, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, that that's what I've been watching and a lot of just uh a lot of podcasts about true crime, which is what I love. So, in other words, don't anger you unless I want to end up dead in a ditch when they can't find my body. That's more Ashley. <laughs> I know not to anger her. <laughs> anyway. I haven't seen that side of her yet. <laughs> uh, we've gotten close with a certain someone in our class who annoys her to some degree. Ooh. Remind me later. The one you have the Nerf gun for. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What have I been watching? Yes. <laughs> uh, not a whole lot, if we're being honest. Yes. Um, I, I did. Of course, I, I watched these films, the film, the film for tonight mm-hmm. and, the, and the shows. Uh, I am starting back into Car Ranger because sometime this month <laughs> mm-hmm. I am going to have to get it reviewed and I still have 20 episodes left. And for those who don't, the world's on car ranger, actually car ranger. Yeah, so Sentai car ranger is the, the is, is, is super sentai yeah. is the show that power rangers gets its footage from. It is what power rangers turbo was adapted from 
and I am review and I am watching through it because I'm going to be on guesting on an episode of the Power Trip. And it, according to, to power review, trip, like, we don't talk one. about Turbo. Bo, so of course bo, bo. that's the one I volunteered for. Uh, so he volunteered his car tribute. I think it's a Kia tribute. <laughs> Kia tribute. I think Kia is the one that makes the tribute. Uh, no, I, I I chose it because it's like, a it was the first one I thought okay I'll have enough time to watch an entire series of in the amount of time allotted me at the time ah and two it's like well Power Rangers is goofy mm-hmm. Sentai is goofier mm-hmm. and this is a parody which uh, of of Sentai mm-hmm. which is supposed to be the goofy which is which is meant to be goofier than what you're yeah. making fun of so. Goofy on top of Goofy on top of Goofy. It's like, this sounds like my kind of show. Fair. Strangely enough, this might be the most down-to-earth car, uh, Sentai I've ever watched. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's still Goofy. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But a lot of the Goofy is, what happens if you actually put normal people in this role instead of teenagers with attitude? Ah. Uh, or so- when you take the, of course this stuff happens. It's a television show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we are making a giant mecha uh, with, with these cars. And instead of just hitting a button and the computer automatically does it, we actually have to do it ourselves. Interesting. It's, it takes a, oh, we, we're, we're going to, we have to figure out how to use our weapon. Let's look at the ma- owner's manual. Oh my it's God. It's stuff like that. Yeah. It's I, down. I it's like, it's like, here's a, it's, it's, it is, it is over the top. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is like, oh yeah, it's over the top. Of, we're doing a lot of these over the top things, but sometimes we're also just like, what if? What is? What would really happen if we actually did this? Okay, so I, so I do have a question. Bear in mind, this is also the one where the quote unquote sixth ranger is a magical girl, uh, and is only in three episodes. Ah, uh, so I, I do have a serious question when it comes to because there again, be like, you where am I watching this? No, I'm no 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 no. Like growing watching Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain season where characters get shrank and season three or season that, four, season that would four. be mighty Morphin alien Rangers probably yeah. where the main heroes get turned into kids. Exactly. And the, uh, they pull in a team at a, a group of Rangers from an, an alien plant to help them out yeah, exactly. while they're trying to get everything changed over. Right. Okay. Right. That is during the Kaku Ranger. Oh yeah. I, era, I, 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 two seasons before this. Mm-hmm. I know this. I okay. So my my question would be definitely if it was between you and Nate Marchand mm-hmm. from the Power Trip, is that it's like I realize these younger Rangers can't morph. Am I right? They can't morph. Yeah, because they because it works on Y two K logic. Okay, it's oh. Uh, we've been reduced to the age we were before we were Power Rangers, so we can't morph. Oh, okay, that is interesting. But then you go into Justin Power- got his power his powers as a child. That's why he can morph. Oh, okay. It has nothing to do okay. with age or size. Okay, it I has, was just curious. It has was everything like, to do with what <laughs> we can't use our powers because we've been turned reduced to an age where before we had powers. Which doesn't make any sense, but that's Power Rangers for you. <laughs> well, Maze question answered, I guess. 
you asked. Nate, Nate, if you have any more further questions, please let me know. Just go back and listen to the Power Trip, where they journey through the Power Rangers franchise. Yeah, because they have already gone I was, through. They got distracted. They have already gone through all twenty nine seasons of Power Rangers, yes. and they have actually already talked about Once and Always, mm-hmm. which should be out sometime in the next week. I keep forgetting to release it. <laughs> our our oh, episode yes, on it, of course. <laughs> I we did do a reaction to that, and I, keep, we, we and I haven't released it yet. That's it's a plus reaction. Yeah, because <laughs> that was the thing. I, I was the thing. I was thinking, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we got this out before Power Trip? And we didn't. We didn't. In my defense, those were the month of April was packed. <laughs> yeah, agreed. We had. Three reactions and five episodes. I did the best I could under the yes. circumstances Fair. on the editing. So Fair. It, it's, I think it's edit. I think I just need to go through and like stitch it together. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, be like when, when he said car ranger or turbo, I was like, okay, I need a question answer. Right. Right. So I, I've watched some of that. Uh, I played a certain game. We'll get to that in a minute. I also watched, tried, started an anime ah. that I had heard about, and it was kind of an interesting idea. It's a bit of a romance story. Okay. The name of it is Tony Kawa, hmm. which I don't know what that word means. Fair. But the subtitle that goes along with this is like Over the Moon with hmm. You. Basically, what it is is that this kid is uh, pushing himself to be really great at school there it's christmas eve or new year's eve i'm not sure which gotcha it's a full moon either way uh, and it's snowing in japan mm-hmm. i'm not sure how often that happens but anyway he is on his way home from a practice practice exam for his high school entrance exams because mm. that's a thing in japan apparently yes. and he fall he, he sees a girl and immediately falls in love with her hmm and she uh, thinks she's going to. He, he thinks she's going. He's, he's going to get. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I, I, I misread that. I misread it. Uh, anyway, he sees her while he's crossing the road. Yes. And nearly gets hit. Nearly gets a visit from the isekai truck of good fortune. Mm. But she saves him at the last minute. So of course he's bloody as heck because he did actually technically get hit. Ah. Uh. But didn't get transported to another world because this isn't actually an isekai. Mm. And uh, she says, oh, yeah, you're not going to die just yet. Um, go ahead, uh, she gets the guy to call call, call 911 or, what, or 999, actually, mm. in, or 555, actually, in Japan. And uh, she she leaves and thinks, oh, and, and he's now scared that this is the last time he's ever going to see this girl because he's in love with her. And the way she turned and was walking towards the full moon reminded him of an ancient Japanese tale. Hmm. And now he's convinced he's never going to see her again. And this will be the end of his life. So he gets up and runs towards her. Chases her to a bus stop. Bear in mind, he just got hit by a truck. He's not in good condition. Yeah. And this was a good solid hit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she says, oh, you followed me here. Um, Okay, fine. I'll, I'll listen to you talk. And finally, he gets, I don't remember the exactness, 
but he says, but he finally starts saying, man, I'm not feeling too good. What's going on? I'm feeling faint. He says, well, that would be because A, you've lost a lot of blood. B, you're coming off the adrenaline, which the adrenaline was the only reason you could run here on two broken legs. Ow. Yeah, because he was hit by a truck. <laughs> and he says, and finally, it, it might have fits me like anime. Most of them be like, someone get hit by a freight train. They go spiral right. up. They get up a minute later. Right. And then he finally, after all this, this like, because they're obviously kind of spreading this out towards the end of the episode. He said, uh, he's, he finally gets up the gumption and the gall to finally say, will you go out with me? Hmm. And she says, okay, but on one condition, we got to be married. He and, say what? and he agrees to this. And then he faints from the blood loss. Of course. Wakes up months later, doesn't know where she is. She's mm. gone. As far as he knows, indeed, she has disappeared into the ether. He, of course, since he was, he missed the final exam he was supposed to take. Yeah. The college exam and gets put off a year. Yeah. Before he has a chance to actually go and take the exam, she shows up at his door with the uh, paperwork for a marriage certificate. And she says, uh, and he says, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah, sure. I'll sign it. It's like, okay, we'll have to turn it in the next day. No, no, no. We'll go turn it in now. There's a, there's an all night places where you can do this. In Japan, apparently, because mm. there's some people who don't want the attention when they get married, like yeah. idols and such, is the excuse they use. And I, this is about the point where the episode ended. And I'm like, so they're married by the end of this episode. The next episode is literally says our first night together. I'm going, I don't know if I want to watch the second part or not, because while the show is good, I'm afraid where this might lead. Yeah. Um, I'm actually interested in continuing this show, huh. but I have not had a chance to watch past what, the first episode. What is this show called? Tony Kawa. Tony Kawa. That's the name of it. It's on, it's on Crunchyroll. That's where I'm watching it. Oh, okay. It's kind of a sweet if not crazy story so far, Interesting. it could go off the rails very easy at any time, yeah. which considering the next ep- episode, I'm, I, uh, this, uh, that's there is, you know, our first night and I'm going, well, I know what normally happens on the first night of a, of a marriage. Right. I mean, it's more traditional, more traditionally anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm curious how that's going to go considering they right. barely know each other and now they're married. Yeah. That happens. At least in the eyes of the law. Right. That'll be interesting. Bear, bear in mind, his folks have never met this woman. Hmm. They're not going to be happy. I bet. No. Anyway. Uh, so I watched that. And uh, other than that, uh, I was playing earlier this week, a game called uh yakuza 2 kawami hmm. oh okay. uh i have only stopped playing this game I wonder not why. because the game is bad but because a game that i had uh budgeted for pre-ordered and found even a way to uh save ten dollars on via nintendo really yeah because the game is about. the game is actually seventy dollars yeah which is like ten dollars more than the normal price for a nintendo uh-huh. switch game I'm sorry, I didn't save $10. I saved $20 nice. because I only actually paid $50 for this game. Nice, good job. Through the Nintendo eShop because I've been a Nintendo uh, NSO member uh, 
since I'm an NFL member, I, you can buy these things called game tickets. Mm-hmm. You have to buy two of them at a time, and the price is $100 for both. Okay. But then you can use them on any game you want. Ah. Including the game I purchased and I've played a little bit of and will be playing immediately after I finish the stream. Mm-hmm. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Surprise, surprise. It is a good game. I highly suggest it. Uh, You want to see what it's like? Join me Monday nights. I'll be playing this on stream for a while until I beat the game, probably. Anyway, assuming my internet doesn't get wonky again. Like it did the other night. Right. But other than that, that's pretty much all I've been playing and watching. Got it. So, Jacob, I have another question for you. What do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Lila. And in the news for this week, I couldn't find anything. Not- <laughs> I'm, I'm literally serious. Be like, no news. No news. Be like, to, to quote old Lone Star, uh, the old country band, no news. Uh, so I could not find anything worthy of be like, like Guillermo del Toro is doing like uh, a gallery exhibit for Pinocchio or something like that. Uh, that was in the news. And I don't think it was really like it had a connection with the film we've reacted to. Um. We, we've reacted to it, but has it been released, though? Right. It was released, right? Pinocchio? Yes. We did a full review yes. of Pinocchio. Has it been released, though? It's on Netflix. No, the review we did. Yes, <laughs> long time ago. Okay, good. I'm just checking. I am only one week behind on releases, good okay. sir. Okay, good deal. Good deal. We're not going back to our first, what was it, the first, second season where it was... First season where we had a three-week hiatus. Yeah. Because, and then we had to re-record three episodes. That is true. Which made it a four-week hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of love that stuff, right? But, uh, yeah, that's, I I really couldn't find anything really, like, of note. I mean, like, obviously, the Little Mermaid live-action remake is coming to theaters really quick. Because I know we're going to, I believe we're going to do a reaction to it, I believe. That was the assumption. That's the assumption. I agree. Because I know me and my girlfriend are going to go watch it. I know that. And yet you never watched the ABC live version. No, I haven't. With dead-eyed flounder. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. I'm going to have to break down and actually watch the special. It is on Disney+. Plus. I I see. I saw the, the... the uh the the thumbnail for it and i was mm-hmm. like that's interesting yeah interesting is a word <laughs> so i'm assuming you've watched it no okay <laughs> i've just seen pictures <laughs> okay look here's the thing little mermaid is one of those films for me because grant i don't love it as much as you do fair but it is one of my formative movies from my from my youth i got gotcha. you it's not gonna be uh, none of these films are gonna be as good as the original Agreed. I'm sorry. Yeah, agreed. It it could be an excellent film. It's still not going to be uh, better than the original film. Agreed. Uh, I will still see it, and I and um, the the new one, 
because I know it's going to be far better than whatever is on ABC, that ABC Live one was. Because there's no way that was going to be good. I, I, because it's this, because I don't know. It just I knew it wasn't going to be as good. Right. Anyway, uh, since you couldn't find news, I have some news. What do you got? Do you remember from our first year the continuing news story that we kept following of the arson at Kyoto Animation? That's right. Yeah. There is actually some news on this front. Really? Yes. The Kyoto Animation arsonist case begins its main trial on September 5th with the verdict scheduled for January 25th. Nice. So apparently we do actually have uh, some stuff going on with that. Nice. Interesting. Bear in mind that uh, arsonist thing did result in the death of 36 people Mm -hmm. and wounded 33 others Mm -hmm. on September 5th of that year mm-hmm. i just say this is my uh, i'm getting this off anime news network by the way is where wow. i'm getting this news uh the trial will have 32 total hearings in september and october hearings will be held two or three times a week for a total of 10 hearings for each of those months in november and december hearings will be held five to six times each month the kyoto district court started pre-trial proceedings on may 8th the pre-trial was to decide the schedule for the main trial and is also discussing prior issues and evidence the presiding judge in the pre-trial was keisuke masuda if okay. that means anything to anybody uh now 2019 is when that happened that's, that's why right. we were covering it that's right that year mm-hmm. so yeah Okay, well, it's good. Good to know that we're finally going to be getting some closure on that horror. Yeah, that tragic event. That, that tragic event. So, yeah, I guess that's all the news we've got. So, Drew actually came to New City. <laughs> hey, uh, it happens. It does happen. And the only reason I even remembered that is because you said, oh, I got no news. I was like, didn't I see news earlier this week on something mm-hmm. that we hadn't covered in a while? Mm-hmm. On A because I go on ANN daily for some reason. But anyway, yeah. Uh, are you ready then to jump into a little Firebird? Yeah, it's it's not driven by a bandit, and we're definitely not going eastbound and down. No, spacebound and down, <laughs> loaded up <laughs> and trucking. Previously on X Men. Meet the sulky, over bulky, kind of hulky superhero, electrically transistored superhero, and exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. The modern superheroes have arrived. X Men, X Men, it's today, it's today. X Men, X Men, coming your way. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. I'm going to be able to pull this one off. Uranus hook it so the doobies up in tears when Iron Man joins the fight. Thunder has thunders mine. Who will save the day? The superhero squad. 
should have had the lyrics up for that. Yeah. But I didn't think about it till already. We were halfway through uh, Wolverine. <laughs> so I, I have to say before that. So last week on Fire and Ice, we had Francisco. You're welcome, Roy, from Retro Rewind. And his reaction to the, yeah. the bumper, it was like, what the, the heck was that? <laughs> the thing is, I, we've, ta- I, we've talked about this before. That first audio clip is from the first Marvel animated television show. Yes, it that is. N- is almost all completely lost footage at this point. Yes. The only thing that survived was that opening. And it's got the stupidest opening lines ever. Oh, and that's why it's I included. Agree. And I had to include the one that actually had a, mar- a mutant in it. And of course, that's the one that's exotically erotic. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that, that was the most hilarious thing. But like, if you go back and watch the stream or wherever you're watching the video, like, go and watch Francisco on YouTube. Reaction. Go on watch YouTube. it on YouTube. It is hilarious. Someone clip it because it's hysterical. It's like, he's just like, huh? Okay. What in the, he's got that, the world look at that. But yeah, I, I just found that. Thank you, Francisco. <laughs> Anywho. Get this back up. Back down to it. X-Men, the animated series, The Phoenix Saga, episodes three and four, a.k.a. Cry of the Banshee, which came out on September 7th, 1994, and Starjammers, which came out on September 8th, 1994. Both episodes are directed by Larry Houston, and they were written by Michael Edens for the first one and Mark Edward Edens for the second one. In these episodes, Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy kidnap Lalandra for Eric the Red, but the X-Men track them down. A fight results in a stalemate until Gladiator, guard to the Imperial Throne, shows up to take Lalandra captive. Phoenix rescues her and vanquishes Gladiator for the meantime. Also, the X-Men fail to protect the Imkran crystal from intergalactic pirates called the Starjammers, who plan to sell it to Deken, as well as to use Cyclops as an assassin. Phoenix transports the X-Men to the crystal, but Deken succeeds in unlocking its power. Guest cast for these episodes include, include Lawrence Bain as Eric the Red, Rick Bennett as Juggernaut, Lally Cadeau as Dr. Moira McTaggart, Richard Epcar as Gladiator, Jeremy Ratchford as Banshee, Camilla Scott as Lalandra, Philip Williams as Black Tom Cassidy, and Jeffrey Ayres as Corsair. And of course, once again, we do not have Magneto. Yes, at this point, I do have to find a way to work that clip into the, every uh, episode. Uh, debuting in this episode, we have Gladiator, who has the exact same power set as Superman. Mm-hmm. Except now he has now he's purple and has a mohawk, which yes. is odd. Anyway, yes. first appearance of Black Tom Cassidy, which is a Banshee's brother. In the comics, Black Tom and Banshee are cousins, not brothers. We also have the debut of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, a.k.a. Starbolt, Flashfire, Oracle, Smasher, Titan, Hobgoblin, Warstar, Earthquake, Hussar, Astra, and Manta, and the Starjammers being Chode, Corsair, Raza, Longknife, and Hepzibah. I'd like to point out one of these characters' name is Chode. Chode? Chode? It's C-H apostrophe O-D. How else are you supposed to pronounce that? Yeah. Chode? God? Chod? No, it's Chode. Let's be Chad. honest. 
Chad? He's Chad. 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 <laughs> He's British. For a split second, while Wolverine is cutting himself out of the ice, a box says, cut out these frames, appears on the screen. Say what? <laughs> there is a full-on animation error in this. It's like, hey, Wolverine, look for this sign right here. No, 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 no. No, this was a note to the animators. Cut out these frames. And the editor didn't do it. <laughs> oh, that's great. As Phoenix leaves Earth with everybody, glimpses of Captain Britain, Hellfire Clubs, Emma Frost, and Doctor Strange can be seen. Yes. As cameos. And that's what I got in the notes. Ah. What are your thoughts on this episode? There again, it's a continuation of the Phoenix saga. You yes. get more of like obviously, like uh, you. I think it was in the last episode we get Lalandra. Um, La, 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 Lalandra. La I, I want to call it La, La laundry, but it's not. No, La, it's it's Lalandra. La, 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 I'm going to say it wrong. I'm sorry, people. I'm going to say this wrong. Oh, just call her Black Widow because she's running around in a Black Widow suit the whole time. <laughs> I agree. What is with this organ, the Shi'ar Empire, and their love of spiders? Because the Ken is wearing a spider motif suit too. That is true. Spider Man ought to be suing. They are stealing or, his look, or at least getting cut from the Shi'ar. Should yeah. <laughs> but anyways, when we were introduced to her character in the last episode, and it's just this continuation of. Uh, Charles is finally understanding what's really going on, and he's finally he? able to tell people what's going on. Is he really? I don't think anyone knows what's that going on. That is true. It's 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 a, it's a confusing mess. Uh, Phoenix finally you know pops up. Well, again, she pops up, and uh, like yeah, it's good. Like this this third episode is really well done, and it's just, it's setting up more and more what's going on. Like what what is Lalandra uh, Lalandra Lalandra I'm going to say it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> laundry. Okay. A laundry. Call it laundry. There we go. Laundry. Oh my Officially, her name is Laundry now. <laughs> laundry. <laughs> uh, what can you call her? Laundry. Laundry. Mixing. Uh, You're not helping. Lalandra <laughs> with. Lalandra. La 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 I can't even say what I'm trying to say. Me either. It's Lalandra. La La Never mind. Someone clip this, please. <laughs> Audrey was the other word I was going to use. Combining Lalandra with Audrey. Laundry. Laundry. <laughs> so either way, we. Laundry Hepburn in X Men. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> and Christian love stop it. <laughs> Either or I'm more red than I am usually. Uh so we learn more about characters. We learn what's going on, what the Shiari Empire is doing. Uh the Phoenix pops up again, which is like, oh, okay, so we we need to uh, we need to go into outer space. Go into outer space. Of course. Of course. And of course, Charles is like, no, you need to take me with you. Why do you leave me behind? It's, it's okay. Like, Sorry, wheels. You're stuck. <laughs> okay. Hang on. I, I need to, I need to touch on this. Okay. Touch on this. Get touch this. Nah, 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 nah. I get that somehow professor Xavier has fallen in love with Lalandra. Yeah. Lalandra, and I yeah. know that's a, Thing in the comics. Yeah. Boy, this comes right the smack out of nowhere. That is true. 
Oh, because you've we, been invading my mind for the we, entire time. We Somehow fin- I just know you and love you. They saw each other for five minutes at the end of last episode. Yes. And she's gone for most of this because she's kidnapped by Eric the Red and Black Tom this poor for, mo- for most she, of this. She gets kidnapped the entire yes. se- season. And... This, and then they're going to say, no, Lalandra, take me with you. I'm in love with you. It's like, since when? <laughs> Last episode? <laughs> Apparently. I mean, he can't make out with with, uh, with Jean Grey because that, she's with Cyclops. And that's just weird. <laughs> Bear in mind that all five of those got people in the original X-Men were wanting to go out with Jean Grey. Yeah, I, including I Xavier. I, I'm aware of that. Despite the fact he was 30 years older than the rest of the group. Ugh, anyway. Creepy. Anywho, hey, she's a redhead. She's attractive. But, yeah. At least they're not calling her Marvel Girl yet. Yeah, that's true. That was a dumb name for her. I agree. That was a dumb name. But anyway. Anyways. Uh, yeah, good episode. Very good episode. I, I'd be like, I, I, I actually had to laugh when uh, Charles Zip, take me with you. It's like, really? It's like. Okay, you don't know where you're yeah. going. It's like I, oh, I, I want to go into outer space too. But in the last episode, you sit your own team in there without knowing anything. Especially since they all think he's nuts. Yeah, he's kind of gone bonkers. It's like, like his his own astro projection I, 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 of the dark I, self. I, I especially last time. I especially like the beginning of this one, where you know you've got you got Lalandra in there. They're having this discussion, and then you get Juggernaut break. Juggernaut's broken in. Oh yeah, and uh, Black Black Tom are there, and they're all doing this big whole thing. Juggernaut throws him out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moira and uh, Banshee see him. Banshee flies off to catch him, all while screaming. I have issues with that. I'll bring it up in a minute. <laughs> and they bring back, and it's like, cause, and, and Xavier's going, "Where's Lalandra? She was taken by Juggernaut." And Moira's Moira's sitting there going. What are you talking about, Charles? There's been nobody here. It's like, <laughs> did you not see this? Who do you? Why would Charles jump? Hey, no, let me rephrase. Not just why would Charles jump out of a window to his death for a phantom? How did he jump out of that wheelchair? Yeah, with me, like he can't use like building his legs. Did I he just throw himself the window. Grant, granted, that's because of his psychic block that's why he was able to walk around savage lands because that somehow blocked his mutant powers ability to walk okay well so that gave him his ability to walk because he is psychic issues were that were keeping him from walking were muted so then he could walk that's not confusing at all welcome to x-men welcome I, to marvel freaking comics i agree i agree everything's been retconned to the nth degree yes Let's explain everything and re-explain everything two days later. Yes, but but yeah, but this, this together, this is really oh, good. You, you must be going mad, Charles, because there's been nobody here. It's like really, really, you did not see this massive explosion. Are you telling me on this entire island there's not one single camera that might have accidentally caught a giant red juggernaut? <laughs> Well, well, let, let, let me let me let me give it. Bear in mind, it. don't forget, Juggernaut's not a mutant. No, he's not. He's magic. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I I agree, but up to to explain Miss Moira McTaggart and McTaggart. like be, being you know kind of preoccupied with the whole making out, not not paying attention to things. 
Well, they were on the verge of making out on the top yeah, of that, that hill. True. And they didn't hear the massive explosion and Charles go, ah! Right. Oh, and I, I, I do need to jump on this other thing, too. Banshee. In order for him, apparently, to do anything, he must scream. His bloody head off. Granted, I know that it, that's where it, the Banshee is, where he gets his powers from. He does have supersonic screaming, his, his ability. Mm-hmm. And I can maybe kind of sort of understand how this makes him fly. Mm-hmm. But why doesn't his screaming actually sound like a Banshee scream? Why does it sound like he's going, oh, Maybe it was the voice director, the voice director. Correction, like, I actually did that wrong. It was, ah. Yeah. It's like, you're not even screaming, dude. <laughs> you're just going, ah. And they, they the go, dreaded black beast of, ah. <laughs> Boy, I wish I could have brought that up last week. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this these episodes are packed full. There again, you get, then you get the episode with the Star Jammers. And the the revelation that oh my gosh Corsair is Scott's father. Dun, dun, dun. Which <laughs> uh, tell me I'm wrong about this. You see Corsair. Yeah. Who is the first name that comes to your mind? Corsair. Yeah. You see this guy. Yeah. Whether he's you know he hey, yeah he does look like Cyclops. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense it that there's that connection. But my first thought was I looked at him and go. Why are you not being voiced by Jonathan Frakes? That is true. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We, we had that pre-show. Yes. yes I Why agree. are you not voiced by Jonathan Frakes? That would have been the perfect casting. And secondly, why did this character never show up in X-Men movies and being played by Jonathan Frakes against <laughs> Patrick Stewart <laughs> as Professor Xavier? <laughs> And the thing is, it's not like we don't know he can play villainous characters because he's the freaking main villain of Gargoyles. Thank you very much. With Probably his, best with his, villain in that time With period. his girlfriend, his Imzadi, Deanna Troy. <laughs> there, there's like, yeah, that's. I think that's a series we need to cover at some point. Oh, it's probably going it's to be. happen. <laughs> We've got a lot of, that's, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I will say with the animated series as there's tons of shows we want to cover and there ain't enough time. That is true. That is so true. So yeah, we, we get uh, introduced to the star jammers, all of those people. We get the revelation that Corsair is like, it's very obvious. <laughs> oh yeah. Very obvious. And then you get me like, Oh, the big baddie. He's like, Oh, we're going to sell you the, 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 um, the, the, Crap. I was going to say Spider-Man, but that's not the right term. No, not Spider-Man. Spider-Emperor. Lalandra's brother. Lalandra's brother. For the McCann crystal. They can? McCann. McCann. It's like macaw, but it's McCann. Oh, okay. Giant parrot crystal. Parrot crystal. (laughs) Caw, caw, caw. That's a parrot. That's a raven. (laughs) Well, I mean, that could say human speech, too. But anyway. Anyways. The 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 Shi'ar crystal, whatever it's called. I like to point out this little I thing I just realized. This is the third episode mm-hmm. with Macan with McCann or whatever his name mm-hmm. is, the Emperor of the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah, I fairly certain I know how episode five ends, and he has yet to have been credited in any of the places I pulled this information from. Hmm. 
despite the fact he's talked in three of these four episodes. Yeah. And I have no marking as to who played this guy. Yeah. And like, even the point, like even the pre pre show, we were talking about it where like I, I walked in as I was studio. finishing the sh- you episode, finishing the episode. And we're making- distracted. <laughs> happen. It happens like it, like, yeah, you know, tears of the kingdom kind of came out this today. morning today. Um, you know the new Zelda game, people, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm walking in and we're getting to the final end of that that episode, and uh, the 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 evil emperor finally gets the crystal, gets the crystal, and gets. I just realized, I just realized this. He gets assumed by pink energy. He does. Too much pink energy is dangerous, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He gets filled with the evil of pink energy. <laughs> so does he become the, the, the Ranger Slayer? <laughs> no, because that would be cool. <laughs> that would be and cool. owned by Boom Studios. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh yeah, the, like the, the indie it's really cool. It's what what do they call it? The the dark void or something like that? I don't remember. It was, it's so much like the we 90s. are so far into comics logic in this in these two episodes. Yes, I agree. Oh, by the way, Rogue's back after being missing the last two episodes. That is true. She and, was on mission. Yeah, she was on mission. I like how says, "Well, we're all on mission sometimes, Rogue." It's, it's so it makes sense you weren't here. It's like she just showed up out of nowhere, exactly in the hospital room. Where have you been, Rogue? Where has this mission been? I mean, at least Gambit was happy to see you. That is true. It's it's Gambit. <laughs> you like that, Shadi? I can get you one. That's the wrong voice <laughs> for Gambit. I went. I, I went with my Irish voice. <laughs> Irish, Scottish, not, not, not my uh, Cajun. not my Cajun. Because I don't think I actually have a Cajun accent. Cajun accent. <laughs> Which Gambit sounds Cajun? I guarantee. I, I actually do. It's it's not really Gambit because it's like I guarantee. Yeah. That uh, that uh that Gambit's going to get the girl. At the end of this, this is not even good Cajun accent. No, you're you're floating back into it. I, I'm going back into my into my Irish, which, Irish. which if I'm not careful, we'll get to in my Liverpool, which is closer to Irish. Mm. Mm. I talk. I'd go into my Russian, but that requires me to talk about crushing a sparrow egg between men's thighs. This is not even that Russian <laughs> no, accent. It's not. I'm so Scottish. I went Scottish. What are you standing around for? Don't you know a jailbreak when you see one? <laughs> yes, folks, I just quoted Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. The worst Star Trek movie ever made. Are you back? <laughs> you know, I have something on the tip of my tongue that I got to have to say. I'm waiting for you to get to the point where it's not going to kill you. First aid. Admiral, there'll be whales here. <laughs> We're looking for the nuclear vessels, <laughs> no vessels in Alameda. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Okay, Star Trek talk off. <laughs> X Men. Let, let me get to my robot. I can actually talk. 
X-Men, X-Men, it's today, it's today. I don't know if that's actually what's singing in that line. All right. All right. All right. Good set of episodes. Yes. We'll get into the, 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 uh, the, the fifth episode. Yes, there's one more episode. It'll be the only one we review next week. Yes. Which is part five, which I don't have the actual subtitle for yet. Because yeah. none of none of these subtitles are actually in IMDB until you actually click the button. Yeah. To actually go to the episode thing. Because it just says, oh, uh, Phoenix Saga episode four. You go into it. Oh, it's episode four, Star Jammers. Uh, Child of Light. Child of Light. Child of Light. Child of light, born of light. You don't know what I'm singing. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Yeah, only because you have heard me play one song incessantly about two years ago. Uh-oh. And it's part of that. But that's actually singing from a different thing. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, join us next week for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G. George759. His Twitter at G. George759 and Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Just not a super one. What's the difference? Presentation!